Hello, hello, and welcome to the Glorious. <laughs> pa- Screw you. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and a new game called Guess Who Is Dead to Me. Any guesses? No, don't. Michael? What? Dude. Just Mr. Peanut. He's dead. Oh, Jesus My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Brad Polly. Hey. Matt Polly. I, whatever. Together, we are the Inglorious Pastors. You're, you're fucking terrible. What? Mr. You're, Peanut's you're dead just to me. A, you're a monster. You know, know what you're, you're talking about. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. What? You're a monster. You didn't hear about Mr. Peanut dying? Oh, God. It's all over the news. Mm. Just hit the button. Just, yeah, thank you. That's just... I want an Irish version of that. I feel like oh yeah, hey somebody, Brian, make us an Irish version mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, with a Bri- with a with a British accent, with an Irish <laughs> accent. Can you make us an Irish song with a British accent and some Australian <laughs> instruments? Uh, what, what's like that? Didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. Yeah, we need one of those. That's what. That's what I should so be there, was next, a guy, there was a guy in college in my next w- podcast that purchase. Lived down the hall from me that had one. <laughs> Dude, they're fucking hard to play. He let me try. It was like damn near impossible. He could do it, but it's like blowing on an elephant dick. Well, once it you figure it really out, you hard. are a master <laughs> at blowing stuff. Uh, what are we drinking? That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> really? Wait, what? Just can we uh, back up noise dot dot wave? Oh God! <laughs> what are we doing? I do um, have that dot wave if you need it. Well, I'm having a uh, very old Saint Nick cask strength summer rye whiskey. Wait, wait, Saint Nick, and it's summer. What is this? It's called very old Saint Nick. This Michael. is debauchery, man. Saint Nick and summer. Well, what it the? is debauchery, but that's a whole different. That's a whole different thing. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then also. The oh, yeah, go ahead. What else are we also, having? Oh, this is becoming, this is now easily in my top five favorite beers ever and my favorite German beer ever. It's good. Uh, from Weinstefaner. Uh, their Corbinian Doppelbach. It is ridiculously good. I haven't had it Yeah, yet. it's good. German Doppelbachs are just one of my favorite styles anyway, and that is exceptionally good. What do you think mm. of that? Dude, I, I, I stumbled upon it yeah. at a liquor store in Illinois. And every time I'm near this liquor store now, I stop by just to buy that. Yeah. Because I it's haven't good. seen it anywhere around yeah, here. Yeah, it's good. But, man, it's fantastic. So. I've had, I mean, I've had some Vyash to yeah. stuff before. to Finder Corbinian. Yeah. Yeah, I give that a solid 10. Mm-hmm. Out of five. Yep. Um, mm. Are we drinking anything else? Oh, yep. I'm having a Red Breast 15-year-old Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, my, one of my favorite whiskeys. Hard to beat. Yep. I think I had some of that from the Nick Kroll concert. Yeah, well, you, uh, you did. Yeah. I don't think you this, remembered it. Well, I remember that one. I don't remember the other ones. There were three others. <laughs> that skunk palette over there. <laughs> Just give me everything. <laughs> skunk palette. What, uh, so what? Are you serious? Is red, is red. Well, skunk you were, palette. That's because you're drunk. You literally wanted something fruity last week. I gave you something with tropical in the name and you complained about it. Hey, it's, it's fun. too This hoppy. is good. Oh, you didn't pick this one. This is Brad. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Skunk palette. Rear, rear. Uh, what uh, are we doing? Um, <laughs> this round. Skunk this round palette. 
There's a commercial somewhere. There's a commercial I've, I've heard that has that exact noise, oh, I love it's it. so, and so I much. die every time I hear it. Best noise ever. Um, I had a question about red breast. What, what's what's that? What part of it's called red breast? The the, that's the whoever makes it. Yeah, that's the brand. Uh, okay. Of Irish whiskey. It's an Irish whiskey. Is it a reference like a bird or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The Good Irish red breast, if you will. I would as- I would assume so. <laughs> sure. But all Irish. But we got we got some Irish listeners. I uh, I guess they're well, Northern Irish. Same thing. Yeah. No, not really. It's close <laughs> enough. No. On top of the morning to you. <laughs> I don't know. If you can drink some stuff from those assholes to the south of you, then uh, <laughs> I highly recommend Red Breast 15. Um, yeah, this round is on uh, our patrons at patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Uh, if you'd like to buy us around, head on over to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. We've got a new one this week. We have a new one. Uh, and uh, her round will be coming soon. Oh, nice. So oh, She ponied up. Oh, oh wait, wait. wait. It should be coming right now. I forgot. She already sent it to me. <laughs> Give me a second. It's not on the Patriots. It's on one single person. No, it is. I take it back. <laughs> this round. Should I just save it for next week? No, do it. Go ahead. Do right. it. Hold on. Give me one. Screw second. the rest of the Patriots. Yeah. Nobody cares. Screw all you guys who didn't pony up. <laughs> that, you know, keep supporting us. <laughs> yeah. I still love you, but screw you. <clears throat> all right. Uh, our, so this round is on Amy Burns. Um, excellent. Excellent, excellent. Simpson! Amy came across the Inglorious Pastors podcast a few years ago during one of her phases where she half-heartedly tries to resurrect her spiritual life. Um, Sounds about right. That's that's a pretty apt metaphor for <laughs> yeah, our... Uh, it actually needs to be our new tag. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> for those half, half-heartedly resurrecting their spiritual life. At lives. this point, I'm just kicking a dead dog down the street. <laughs> Um, she was raised Catholic, uh, went to Sunday school and mass. Bloody papist. Yeah. Uh, went to Sunday school and mass, uh, most Sundays and even dipped her toes into the, to Protestant youth group during her teenage years. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But who didn't? <clears throat> when youth group was like cool and it seemed like uh, a space where people, uh, could talk about real shit. So, ah, uh, the good old days. It could until the senior pastor found out about it and fired the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Never saw that coming. Nope. Tell us all that's time. After a particularly hard time in college in feeling abandoned by God when she needed him slash her slash it the most. Her? Uh, her? Her? <laughs> uh, she started looking to herself uh, for strength and noticed that life got better. Uh, even though her idealism and outlook on the world had been severely shaken, uh, as she nears her three decades of life, um, she has learned to find solace in a few things. Those being uh, a humor with no bounds. Hey, we got that. Yeah. So speaking of humor with no bounds, <laughs> I just told a really bad joke. And yeah. It was so bad. Yeah, you that did. I had to delete it. I'd like to. I'd like Go to back. note the only times we have ever canceled anything. And, it's all and me. It's no, all I, Michael. No, last week it was me. No, we stopped. Oh, that's right. Stopped. But we didn't stop and erase. <laughs> Everything right. we've stopped and erased has been I, his. I had the uh, I had the wherewithal to stop myself before yeah. I said it. No, I I, I just <laughs> you just plowed right on. Put Miley your head Cyrus down. And, wrecking ball. Let's do put this your shit. head down and power right through yeah. that. So <laughs> we do have humor with some bounds. Apparently, um, we're finding out. Um, it's called yeah. basic humanity, Michael. God, you should look you, into it. It's absolute ghoul. Okay. Um, so humor with no bounds. Good people because uh, they do exist. And helping those who are less fortunate. Uh, oh, she's doing that with us. We're less fortunate. She's helping out the podcast. Yeah, three white guys. Yeah. We, we really have it tough. Yeah. It's hard out here for it a is. It is. It's really, 
really difficult out here for a middle class white man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's uh, because, um, okay, so uh, helping those who are less fortunate, because even if the world is going to shit, it doesn't feel any better sitting around and bitching about it. Uh, she tried that already, apparently. Um, so did we the first two years of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, now we're just numb. So. <laughs> comfortably, though. Comfortably mm-hmm. numb. Yes, comfortably mm-hmm. numb. The, the, the white male American way. Um, <laughs> or the Pink Floyd way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and fun fact, uh, Amy was born in Japan. She oh. grew up mostly in Hong Kong. Konnichiwa. Uh, ni hao. No, um, that's China. Well, she grew up mostly in Hong Kong, which is in China. Uh, but uh, she um, came to the U.S. for college. Yay, America, she said. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> you went over the top of Pink Floyd, man. <laughs> well, she said America, yay. So, yeah, America. <laughs> so, thanks, Amy Burns. Thank you, Amy. Yeah. Thank you Welcome for to the being pub. a friend. Right. Um, yeah, if you want to be as cool as Amy, go to patreon.com slash Konnichiwa, senorita. Meow. No. Senorita's not Japanese. No. I think it might be. No, I'm for sure it's not. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on that. Um... <laughs> What are we doing? Uh, no, Gary it's the Busey. same in J- Japan as it is in Mexico. Are we no, ready for Gary Busey? Not, yeah. Maybe it was the tree writing the words through me. What? what? No, that's what has been meditating with Gary Busey. Maybe it was the tree. Writing the words through yeah, me. I can, I can kind of understand this. So here's what he's thinking. A pencil. No, no, no. Pencil's well, made of wood. No, no, no. Paper's made no, of wood. No, the paper is coming up through the pencil and speaking to him, and the paper is writing itself a, a yeah, yeah, nice that's exa- poem. That's probably what he was thinking, and now yeah. you're in the same level of insanity as Gary Busey. Yeah, buddy. man. <laughs> Congrats. Always you're listening to Look on the Bright Side with Mr. Brightside himself, Matt Polly. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you forgot. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. Life's a piece of shit when you look at it. Be silly <laughs> right. What are we doing for Brightside? That's the thing. Does anybody got any? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I had, I met up with one of my old youth group students. Oh, yeah? Uh, on Saturday. Uh, he left a review of oh, this, yeah. on this podcast nice. a nice. couple Seven. weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, it was just it was great. Yeah, like we went, we had a couple beers. Yeah, just talked about shit life. He's got a new baby, like oh, nice. their first nice. child. Like, you know, it was just stop at one. It, yeah, well, stop at one, Evan. I'm not sure, but I think I might have actually said that. <laughs> yeah, to him. Stop at um, one. Coming from a man with three, please stop at one. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was just, man, you know, it was really nice to just catch up and not have the stricture of, like, religion. Hey, remember all that stupid shit I taught you? About? You know what I'm saying? Well, we ta- I mean, we talked yeah. about some of that, you know, but I don't, yeah. I don't, like, I look back on that, and I'm like, I think I actually, we were talking about some of that, and I said, you know, I I taught with the information I had, I think, to the yeah. best of the ability, by ability, with the information that I had at the time, Absolutely. and my understanding at the time. But my understanding now is different, and that's just part of and life. And a lot of pastors out there listen to us. That's all you're doing. Yeah. And that's fine. 
And he was, he's yeah, probably cool. near the age that you were when you were there. Oh, no. He's older than I was oh, when I was geez. there. Yeah. I Dude, when I started there, I was 22. Jesus. Yeah. I, and we talked about that. I was like, I'm like, I was supposed to teach anybody fucking anything. They're in your same age I group. I didn't know shit. The seniors are in your fucking yeah, age demographic. Yeah, I had seniors that were four years younger yes, than me. Oh, I know. Okay, I'm so much wiser yeah. than you. because I went literally to a, can't even rent a van. Because I went to a fake. No. Because I went to a fake school. Oh God! Anyway, but it was it was just it was nice, man. It was really nice to catch up. We're going to do that some more. And there's a number just, of there's a number of students I'd like to get together with at some point if I ever could, and just yeah. to kind of see where they're at. Yeah, it we was do, nice. Yeah. He he kind of the option to bring on a former a former student at some point as a guest and interview them. Yeah, we do. We've got somebody who's offered. Oh so. yeah. Oh, he's been offered like three years. One of yours. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So, but anyway, it was, it was it was good. It was just he quote it, unquote played bass. Yeah. Oh, allegedly. that guy allegedly. Her? Um, but anyway, it was uh, it was just really nice to catch up and see what you know. I sort of through Facebook. He's not on Facebook a lot, but I knew like a little bit of you know, yeah, his life yeah. and all of well, that. That's cool. You caught up with him that quickly. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So yep. Um, well, I had a couple. Th- I have a couple things. They're sort of interrelated. Uh, Beth had her birthday yesterday. Woo-woo. My wife. Her. Her. That's my wife. Um, my wife. It's Deidre. <laughs> um, and so we went out to, we tried to go to Taxman. They're closed on Mondays. Oh, didn't so know that. So that. that didn't work out. I guess you could have gone up to Bargersville. Well, we, we went, went to, to uh, uh, Fortville. Dude, I've been too. to Taxman three times where I've gotten there and, and it's been closed. Well, it's closed on Mondays, just FYI. Uh, we went to, end up going to a place called Tried and True Ale House. Oh, yeah. Pretty good, actually. Dude, they have... Okay, so... I think I know where that place is. It's on Stone's Crossing. It's like seven miles from up 135. It's on yeah. Stone's Crossing, right off of 135. There was a dude... Is it Stone's uh, Crossing? Yeah, I've passed it. Okay. Is there like a American Kroger that across there. the road, and there's like fucking nothing there? Yeah, the pretty, I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah there was a dude who was on American Idol that worked at Triton True. Fun fact. I don't remember his name. Oh, okay. Um, it's true. The beer selection was and just like a random selection of stuff. Was that like, Kelly Clarkson? Um, no, it, it, I don't. It was <laughs> I a think guy. It was Kelly Clarkson. No. All right, what do you got? Um, the beer selection was fine. Like they have a bunch of stuff on draft. It's all random stuff. Like I had a War Pigs. Uh, no, War Pigs geezer, is good stuff. Their foggy geezer. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then they had pedal to the kettle. Oh, Got to get that beer so much. Um, but they had dude. They had for an appetizer. It's uh Cajun fillet beef tips. Nice. Holy fucking shit! I yeah. could have made there's a meal not, out of that. There's not one of those words no. that I don't like. And it was, it was. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so I did, I did commit a mortal sin. You had me at beef. Tips. I know, right? <laughs> you had me at Cajun. Um, you have uh, something braised in some other's milk. No, Michael, I didn't. Brad, I'm just going to talk to you. Um, <laughs> talk I, about your mortal sin. That's some, that's my some mortal old test so shit. My there, mortal buddy. sin was. I got boneless chicken nuggets. Or chicken tenders. Uh, who gives a shit? I, I just I didn't feel like I just no. didn't feel like you getting my hands here's dirty. The thing, like dealing with it's, bones. Here's the thing: it's easy to like make. <laughs> that's, honestly, that's literally what I, I was like. I just the, don't want to make fun of those a lot of times. But here's the thing: they're fucking delicious, man. And it's just a it's so a, they have, I call them adult chicken nuggets. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. Literally what they are. But yeah. man, there's one of their sauces, yeah. the Korean barbecue or whatever. Ooh, I love a Korean it was barbecue. Spicy. Have you had my Korean beef talk or my Korean pork tacos? I don't think I have. Well, give me a call, man. You know where I live. Anyway, and then the... So we had a good day yesterday just with her birthday. Just went out and celebrated and just had a good time. Uh, And then Lenny turned 17 today. So he he pulled in right behind me and I sent him a text like two hours ago and he never said anything to it. And I got out and I was like, hey, happy birthday, buddy. He's like, hey, thanks. I was like, sent you a text. Oh, yeah, I just saw him like, you dick. (laughs) (laughs) I love that I can call my nephew a dick now. Um, 
you should see some of the stuff he texts me. Oh, I'm me. sure. Um, oh, so he, he discovered he likes Tame Impala. Oh, he nice. said, he's like, you should listen to these guys. Like, they got dude, a new album coming out soon. 14th. Okay. He's like, dude, you should listen to them. Like, dude, I've been listening to them for years. Yeah. And they're great. Um, but anyway, so he turned 17 and he's just, he's a really good kid. We're really proud of him. Um, he has a girl he likes. Really? Yeah. Does she like him? I think so. They make eye contact. Yeah. I think they made awkward <laughs> eye contact. Sweet. He's waiting until after Valentine's that's first Day, though. Base. He's going to wait until after Valentine's Day. So. First that's, base. A, that's wise. Yeah. And he discovered that uh, if he wanted to take her to prom, he's going to be in Alaska for prom. For the, wow. the I hate when that happens. God damn it, I hate when I'm in Alaska I know, right? for prom. So he's like, ah, bummer. If I had a nickel for every time, <laughs> I won't have to go to prom. Um, you know what? Prom's fun. Prom's it is. Fun. And he'll, he'll, probably go, he'll probably go next I year. I went to two. They were fine. They were fun. I think I went to one. Yeah. Took a youth group girl. Wait, the 13-year-old? No. It was, was it Jesse's girl? Uh, her name was Jesse, yes. Who, fun fact, lives in Martinsville. Man, it's more Franklin, isn't it? Yeah, they go to so. Liberty. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Liberty? Uh, no, 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 no. They go to River... Uh, River, uh, River Valley. That's like, Who cares? Yeah. She's near Franklin. Liberty is not close. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But uh, anyway, it was just two... Both their birthdays are, you know, back-to-back, so it's... it's your, yep. your girlfriend? Your, no. The girl you took to prom? Michael, Michael what do you what got? You? Dude, this um, beer is so fucking good, man. It's I'm, so good. It's it's a perfect. It is perfect. Perfect Doppelbach. Absolutely, yeah. I would rate that out of a hundred a ninety-eight. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, I I've been sick, so I've been and my my hurt, hurt my foot, so I haven't been doing a whole lot of anything. So uh, I've started reading uh, Attack on Titan manga. It's my first like our manga. If you were. Yeah, yeah, it's the first one I've yeah, really I got corrected by my thirteen-year-old. Yes. I think it's, it's manga. It's manga. Yeah. Tentacle um, porn. Uh, no, I mean I'm, I got to get into he that. Went to, it just he went to Comic Con dressed as Todoroki, so nice. which is from oh manga. Yeah. yeah, which I is think. from the mangas. Um, so I uh, yeah, so I've really been enjoying it. I've read through uh, I think sixteen volumes of it. It's just plowing through it. So it's it's really really good. Really plowing that manga, huh? Yeah, plowing the manga. Nice. Yeah. I can't get into it, but that was my that was my move in high school. It, I, I, ne- I this is the first. But this, one. here's the thing: I can't get I can't get into comics either. Yeah. What, I want so badly to like comics, and I just yeah. can't. I my brain doesn't work. Yeah. In that format, does it, that make the, sense? The, like for, for comics, I would recommend doing like a smart view on digital. That helps you get into like how the pattern goes in terms okay. of. And, and does it do it frame by frame? Through. Yeah, frame by frame. Oh, well, that's and and you can do it through uh, Hoopla, uh, not the manga, but uh, right. And there's a lot of comics that are on okay. Hoopla uh, through your. Library. But manga is, it's back right to left. Yes, right? and that yeah, is yeah. that is weird. Yeah. Uh, it takes some. What are they Hebrew? Hebrew? No, they're no, they're Japanese. They're Japanese. It's. Yeah. I didn't know the Japanese did left, right to left. In manga form, they do. They they take a lot of stuff hmm. from other cultures. Like, well, I mean, that's uh, fair. I just didn't like, know. I mean, that's like, literally like something. Margarita. Yeah. They take that that's from no. Mexico. That's not <laughs> senorita's not. Have you ever had a Japanese margarita before? No, that's not a thing. It's got, it's oh, got it's sake. It's got squid ink in it. It's got sake <laughs> instead of tequila in it. Um, yeah. So uh, I've been reading that a lot. It was. It's been good. So really, I, like for me. Uh, for story cha- trumps everything. So if I can find a medium right. where I'll, I'll use just about any medium, as long as the story I feel is good enough. So whether that be film, audiobook, podcast, you know, whatever. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Do you want to do the music segment? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Music segment. Here it comes. <laughs> it's time for music. We're going to play some shitty songs that white guys like. 
that we got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this music isn't from a white person. Does that matter? No, sure. Uh, Devin Gilfillian. Never heard of her. Uh, so I don't know how I found this album from maybe from Pitchfork. I don't know. One of those fucking hipster sites or something. You I know, saw, I get some good stuff from there, I though. I mean, um, so this Pitchfork? guy is listed as alternative, but I think he's more like soul, um, R&B, blues. Like, I, he's kind of hard to categorize, but this song uh, sounds like a very Curtis Mayfield vibe. Oh, well, shit. Um, which is, I, I love that shit. So uh, this is Devin Gilfillian. Um, the album is uh, Black Hole Rainbow. And this song mm. is called Get Out and Get It. That was my nickname in high school. Get Out and Get It. <laughs> That's how you have to say it. Black Hole Rainbow, specifically. Oh, shit. Well, downloading that. Man, when you're like three seconds into the song. Very Curtis Mayfield. Very. Now, they don't all sound like this, but he reminds me a little bit of uh, his other stuff with Michael Kiwanuka and... Well, that's fine with me. This is a cover from the uh, Newsboys Love Liberty Disco. Yeah, that existed. This is soul. That's good. Yeah, there's a lot of R and B soul. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's listed as alternative, but alternative is just a yeah. It's just a catch-all. It is, but I don't think he's. I don't consider him alternative. But yeah, you can't put him and Weezer in the same. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Devin Gilfillian. Um, okay, so uh, I think this is a band I found maybe on Bandcamp. Bandcamp has some really good lists. Like every month they do, you know, best hip-hop albums of the month, best punk albums. Of the month. I think this was the best punk albums of the month or the year. Uh, Eddie Current, Suppression Ring. Oh, you, we listened to this. Where did we yeah, go? You and I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Up, we went to Upland, maybe? Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, I don't remember. You're like, what the fuck is with that name? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's weird. It's a it, good album, though. It is a good yeah. album. Um, it's just a really good kind of, Parquet Courts esque. Mm-hmm. You say parkour? Parquet? No. <laughs> parkour! 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 <laughs> still one of my favorite moments on the spot. Of two, almost two hundred episodes, still one of my favorite moments is you just yelling parkour. Um, anyway, the, the album's called All in Good Time. It was released late last year. Um, I hope maybe I was released last year. I don't remember when, but um, anyway, this song's called All in Good Time. It's the first. It's the title track or opening track. Just that really fuzzy, yeah, low, like almost that. lo-fi. Yeah, look. I like that shit a lot. Top to bottom, the album's just great. Kind of garage, just wrapped in fuzz. Kind of a velvet underground, yeah, a little very bit. velvet underground. Yeah. So I was just gonna say that because yeah. I've been on a velvet underground kick lately. Yeah, listen, the other God damn it, they're good. Yeah, very velvet underground. You guys remember that song "Walkie Talkie Man"? No, that sounds familiar. Let me see if I can find it real quick. <laughs> okay, should I play something in the meantime? Or? All right, maybe.
Who's a buy? Uh, Stereogram. I've heard of Stereogram. Oh, I like that. So if Eminem had a punk band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they're from uh, Australia or something. Michael and I were talking about Eminem while you were taking a shit. And uh, so <laughs> you know, I started listening to his new album. And I was like, oh, this is really good. And then about six songs in, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I told him, I said, I realize my problem with Eminem now is he's in like his late 40s now yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, go to fucking therapy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're in your late 40s. You've got to fucking stop blaming your fucking dad for everything. Hate, you hate your, your dad. We get Like, it. and yeah. your mom, like, Jesus, I know your mom did drugs. You told me when you were 23. Every like, criticism I've seen of his most last decade me, of his man. albums Bro. has been that he just won't move on. Like, Watch and Frozen that's what, and, and let it go. Here's what's interesting is I liked Recovery because mm-hmm. that album actually had some hope. It was like a yeah. different, that's the last album of his that I've really liked Yeah, because it had like, it was kind of like a, Almost like a 180 from a lot of his other shit where it was a little more positive. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, fuck. I was, I got, like I said, I got about seven or eight songs into it. And I was just like, God damn, dude, you got to let this shit go at some point. Like, if you're going to be 60, it's still wrapped about how you hate your mom. Like, yeah. it just, yeah. it worked when you were 25. Every, it doesn't when you're 40. Every review I've seen of his last, Man. what, three, every album since recovery has been that. Like, yeah, he just won't just, move on. Yeah. Like, Eminem, I mean, grow up. Yeah. I, that, now, that, that being said, there are some. Pretty sweet section. Like I said, like I, I got it. I got I two to or three yet. songs in. I was like, oh, this is re- this is kind of good. Yeah. And then I was just listening to the lyrics. I'm like, God damn it, dude! Like Eminem needs fuck. Eminem needs to limit his albums to about ten songs. He needs to yeah. go to therapy. Yeah. Is what he needs to do. He needs yeah. to just go to fucking therapy and write about something better than my mom did drugs and my dad was a shithead. Yeah. Like, okay, and nobody dude, like, and all the critics hate me. Like, fucking hell. Yeah. All right. All right. I thought of this song uh, just now. Um, and I is this your song? One. This is my. This next one is my song. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to give away the title, but the band is called Susto. I think it's just a guy. Uh, it's from the album Susto Stories. He like tells a story about the song and then plays a song. I'm not going to huh. play the introduction, but here's the here's the song. Uh, and I don't want to give away the title because okay. he's going to sing it. <laughs> David, uh, so my David Gray, David yeah, Gray, Gray. David Gray. I'm going home, chilling on the beach with my best friend Jesus Christ. What the fuck is Michael? <laughs> it's so good, man. <laughs> going out for beers, but not too many beers with Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? I tell you what. You are the master of misdirection. And rose from the dead like a boss. Now I rose from the dead like a boss. (laughs) A Christian. My daddy and my daddy's daddy, and both of their wives were too. All right, okay, we get the point, Michael. Like, so I. 
Michael. I do okay. like his voice. Yeah, actually. it's good. He, it's very David Gray. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. He does a cover of "I'll Fly Away," which is pretty good too. It's just yeah. it's was White Ladder. Cast goes. Where do you where did you find that? Uh, you're I like you're just, like in the Billy Patterson black hole of finding weird ass music. I think I found it on that Spotify. motherfucker must be subscribed to every French music site on the planet. I uh, I found it on Spotify in the um like the they they curate a list of songs for just for you based okay. on what you already listened gotcha. to. Gotcha. And it just takes me to a yeah I hear you a okay. lot of Moana songs and. <laughs> This. <laughs> hey, where'd you first see Moana? Um, I don't remember. Was it on Pornhub? Uh, maybe. I think it was. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Uh, Do we have time for newsfeed? Um, no, not really. No, we really don't, because I've got three stories. Oh, I've got shit. two, so yeah. All right. I've got a follow up from last week. We got any? Uh, do you want to do fat bastards? Do we yeah, let's do. Fat oh, bastards? we have. Yeah, we have those cupcakes. Oh, let's yeah, do fat bastards. Not? Okay. Well, let me let me play a song about being a pastor and being fat um which should should we do the let's do this one you wanna be wanna be a fat pastor we all wanna be wanna be a fat pastor we all wanna be wanna be a fat pastor fat pastors what are these they're cupcakes michael where are they from um, let's see. Jay's Cakery? Oh. Joy. Is it Joy? Joy's Cakery. <laughs> Never heard of her. Yeah. Joy. Um, so my wife works for the newspaper in Danville and has for a couple of years now. And she. We're not it, sharing, I take it? Oh, no. That's no, I mean, that's, that's fine. Brad, what um, is that? What flavor is that? It was taken. Anyway. It's cookie dough. Oh, my God. Oh, oh man. You fuck. God damn it. Anyway, so my wife works in Danville and she does. It was just. It was recently bought out, and she part of her job now is to do to buy advertising, get advertising for the paper to have people. Holy! So shit. anyway, so she gets all. She goes to all these places. This is one of the places she went today. They gave her cupcakes. So, dude, that's ridiculous. I'll do free advertising for them. Michael, yours is what straight up uh, lemon. Oh, is it really? Yeah, with oh vanilla icing or lemon uh, icing. Dude, lemon. this shit is it's all lemon. This is a six out of five. <laughs> wow. Oh, this has chocolate, little chocolate chips on it. Mm-hmm. Mine's a chocolate with a chocolate icing with chocolate chips on it. Oh my god! Brad's just looks like a scoop of like cookie ice dough cream on top of, but it's like cookie the chocolate dough. cupcake. Oh my god! That is, man, this is ridiculous. Oh man, I, that is that is a lot. I'm of not sugar. even like a huge straight up chocolate fan, but my god, that is freaking delicious. Mm. Thank you, my wife, for that. That's uh, thanks, Matt's wife. Where's your dog? I'm gonna feed the rest of her, the rest of it to the chocolate. No, part. what are you fucking trying to kill part? her? What are you doing? She has eaten uh, chocolate muffins before, by the way, because Jude leaves them out. Have we talked about? Um, you have a cat now. Mm-hmm. We did we talk about that yet? I don't think we have. Hey, breaking news: Brad has a cat, <laughs> Jen Perso. Just yeah, your your middle child yep. named her. Perfect. We were literally all of us were sitting in the living room before we got the cat arguing about what we were going to name it. And so we all had these names and I want I don't even remember what I wanted to name it. But all of a sudden, my <laughs> middle son, he's 11. He just goes, Jen Perso. And he's it. the one with Asperger's. And all of us yeah. just went. And a stu- huge Star Wars fan. And all of us just went. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately mm-hmm. it shut everybody up. We were like, yeah, that's it. Yep. She is a delight. Mm-hmm. Just, she's so, 
She'll crawl up in my lap she's pretty and sweet. lay there. She's just a sweetheart. She's a total freak. Like she just runs like in the morning and the evening. Just her pupils you, get the size of pie plates. My cat, and she my just cat, runs, and cat runs and runs and runs and runs. He did that too. Yoda. Mm-hmm. Yoda. Yep. Well, we, uh, we just love her. It's a good cat. She's a good yeah. cat. So you guys, you were not animal people for the longest time. So Matt had a cat for a little bit. And then well, we before we had a cat for years, before, and then we had well, Jude, we and had, we, had, we just couldn't afford. Right yeah. before we had kids, uh, Mandy and I had two cats. We had mm-hmm. Malachi and Marley, and after Bob, when we, uh, yeah, yeah, and when we moved, um, dude, that chocolate with that donk, that dunkle, yeah, oh, God. so good. We uh, when we moved to a new house, there just wasn't a good place for the. Uh, litter box. It was like, well, I guess so. We gave them to some people in our church, and they took really good care of. Actually, one of them got hit by a bus, but um, the <laughs> so other they were, one they have to. Well, the other own. one, the other one went lived a nice long life, yeah. and they were the sweetest cats. But um, we haven't had any outside of like goldfish. We haven't had any pets. Well, we haven't either that, yeah. since we had kids, and mm-hmm. they just like our our oldest son. Uh, he's he struggles with OCD and anxiety, and like. And like recently, we went to um, a. He's thirteen, and we went to a pet store at the mall mm-hmm. and got a dog out just to play with him. Like we weren't going to pay a thousand dollars for a dog, no. but like, yeah, uh, like fifty bucks of the fucking pound. The, the cat, the yeah. dog, like <laughs> I couldn't tell you the change that came over him, and the dog like clung to him. Mm-hmm. And animals we, fucking know, man. And when we left, he bawled. Yeah. Like wow. bald, mm-hmm. and it was like I'm looked, the same way with animals. Mandy man. and I were like, man, we've like we had been talking about it for a while, and it was like, okay, let's we need to we need to get something. I don't I didn't want to I I didn't want a dog because cats are just so much fucking easier to take care of. Yeah, well, they they, they kind of self take care of themselves. And yeah. so we um we decided we we uh, adopted a a cat from That's a awesome. shelter and. She is just, she's lovely. Mm-hmm. She's just so fun, man. Yeah. She's beautiful. And adopting mm-hmm. is the only way to go. Yeah. We just, we just, we just love her to death. Um, yeah. She, it's sad. She has a, one of her ears is clipped. Mm-hmm. So when we found out, we found out that when the Indianapolis Humane Society found her, she was feral. Oh. And so they took her in and spayed her. And when they do that, they'll clip an ear. And then when they let them go, usually they'll just let them back out once they spay them. And that way, if they get caught again, they know, oh, this one's already been spayed. Oh. It's kind of fucking shitty. But anyway, like. I, I under, but I understand why they do it. It makes me I mean, sad every time I see your ear. But uh, anyway, so this organization in and Franklin. Like, you, t- you tell her, hey, tilt your head the other way. <laughs> exactly. That's right. We should do that to Michael. Your, your grotesque. We should, yeah. spay, we should neuter Michael. And clip get your grotesque ears. ear out of my face. <laughs> so anyway, she. Um, uh, there's a. <laughs> When the what a neuter, Michael. When the humane, when the Indianapolis, hey, God you both, you both, you fuckers are neutered. So shut the fuck up. No, I'm not. You're not neutered. No, no, no I my am. wife is. You are. Um, when I, uh, with the so when the when there's when they don't have enough room in the Indianapolis Humane Society, they'll call this organization in Franklin, which is close to here, and we found them online, and they'll take them in and foster them. So this cat was being fostered. Yeah. So like all of her shots were taken. She was really well taken care of. Does Matt's prom date work there? And she. <laughs> So anyway, she was just, she was already litter box trained and all that and had all of her shot. Well, we had to go get a distemper shot. It was so sad. Really? Yeah. Well, it's like a booster. We had to get well, a yeah, distemper booster. Well, yeah, I mean, but booster. like my dog just 
My dog had to get like a rabies shot and she just took it. Well, like, she was fine with the like shot. Champ. It was yeah. them holding her down and she was like, Oh, yeah. My dog just stood there and took it and got her nails clipped and was cool. So, oh, so man. anyway, but she's, she's fantastic. She's been a great addition to the family. Good. And we just really, really like her. You know, I, I so. did a, I was on the, uh, uh, what's that fucking podcast called we had on here? Uh, Drunk Truth yeah. History. Yeah. So I appeared on that podcast last week. It'll come out the 14th you did? or something. Yeah. Oh. Just suddenly um, appeared. Yeah, uh, I just showed Josh's house. They made me waffles, cinnamon waffles, and Ooh. bacon. So uh, I got to see who El- is they. I got Ma- to see Eleanor. So Michaela um, made it. Michaela made it. Josh well, didn't fucking. Yeah, I was gonna me. say he who gave me they? alcohol. That doesn't three sound minutes like Lucas he gave me Josh. alcohol three minutes inside the door. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Josh drank and Michaela made dinner and took care of the children. I know, right? Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um. What a, what a sack of shit! <laughs> what a sack uh, of shit! But I, is. but I talked about Saint Francis and his love for <laughs> it's animals. Kind of what we're doing right now, <laughs> pretty much. But I talked about Saint Francis and his love for animals. I mean, he was the patron. Yeah. He's a patron saint of animals, basically. Right. Like, and he pre- would literally preach to birds, and he would he talk to a fucking wolf, and like, yeah. I mean, according to legend or whatever. So, you think he was smoking weed? <laughs> <laughs> I. Oh, I don't know. Fuck this wolf just talked to me, man. <laughs> I just shared some oh, shrooms. Sure he did. With that fox, sure he man. did, Frank. All right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> sure he did. Oh, you talked to the sun. Okay. Yeah. Brother Leo's like, yeah. come on, Francis. You, uh, it's time you to go to bed, buddy. You can't tell me he wasn't licking those toads. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> I think animals animals play a part, a part in our life that we don't quite realize until you own an animal. Like I get it. Their, their ability to play a massive role in your life. Like I follow enough Instagram dog sites and stuff. Well, it's that, like, like it's like at the beginning, the introduction to Universal Christ. Mm-hmm. Roar talks about his, his dog. late dog. Who uh, he was like she she showed me she taught me about the Christ. Yeah, and I get that. It's even universal with this cat, love. Yeah, even with this cat, like she'll crawl up on my lap, and it's literally like therapy. Universal love and it's impl- it's universal love and implicit trust. Yeah, it's those two things that animals give you. Yes, that you can't. No, I, it's hard to find a human that can really do that, like an animal can. Yeah, and I know I know there's instinct involved, whatever. But like fucking animals know, man. Yes, they do. Like they fucking know. I I left when I pulled when Beth and I pulled out for lunch today. I looked in the window and there was my dog watching us leave. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, I know. God fucking damn it, man. Like So she Jen has done this thing recently where after the boys go to bed, uh so our older two share a bedroom and she will sit outside of their bedroom and just meow. 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 Yeah. Meow. Yeah. Meow. And only the only way you get her away from there is with a fucking laser pointer. So I do the laser pointer, <laughs> and she shows up and starts bouncing around and chasing it, and then she forgets about no. it. But that's how we keep Michael focused. After too. they after yeah. they go to bed, <laughs> after they go to bed, she, after they go to bed, she I seriously love when you laugh at your own jokes. She seriously, <laughs> she will sit there and meow at their door. It's meow. the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Uh, with that, this concludes a uh, um, pet talk. <laughs> Please donate to your local uh, ASPCA. Don't because most of their most of your money probably goes to some CEOs. Yeah, I know. Adopt, don't buy. Or Sarah McLaughlin's pocket. Spay and neuter your animals. Need some distraction like a cat. Oh. <laughs>
I love when we have to kill time. <laughs> All right, turn it off, Michael. Play us Good off. God. Play us off. <laughs> yes, play us off, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's way too classy. It's more like this. Yeah. Little yakety sax action. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> And we're back. What album is this? This is American, American Idiot. Idiot. Yeah. Oh, that's American Idiot, the song. It's a good yeah. fucking song, man. All right, we're back. We're recording. Part oh, are we? Well, we? I recorded you singing a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> so we're back. We're drunker than we were. Boy. Seconds ago. Are we ever. Boy. This is another good Green Day song. This is penultimate Green Day. Like... I don't give a shit what anybody says. Green Day is just great. Just pop, why? Pop. Why'd you turn it off? It's great. Michael pop, went pop. to take a piss. Play it. Like, oh, well, I shouldn't. Okay. This is a great song, man. What's Michael doing? That'd be a fun concert. Oh, I've seen them live. They're Have great. you really? Yeah, really? I've seen them several times. Seriously? Really? Yeah. Yes. Bullshit. I went to Warp Tour like twenty times. Did you really? Not, no, not twenty times. Like four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. Twenty times? No, twenty. Like four. Or God, five. that's a great song. Yeah, it I is a great song, man. I don't. That give is one a of the songs that I play when I yeah, in a good man. mood. Yep. And you just want to. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a driving song. Yeah, those three four piece punk bands. Yes, they're yeah. they can they're so fuck uh, so fucking tight. Whenever yep. they play Green Day's together. been doing this for it's twenty so fucking years. I, agree. I don't like everything that Green that. Day's done, but man, when they get it right, they get it. They really get it right. Right. Yep. They're fun. All right. All right. Um, what are we doing? I don't know. Newsfeed. Yeah. Oh God, are we are aren't we? Yeah. yeah. The song. Yeah. Will you stop it? God damn it. No. Stop it. Drunk edition. Boy, is it ever. Cool. All right. Uh, theme park faces a major backlash after forcing a pig to do a bungee jump. What? <laughs> that? Oh, man. It's pretty fucking terrible. And there's... I've had, I've had scrambled eggs, but I've never had scrambled there's, bacon. There's video... It's bad. They chucked a pig off a... Oh, it's shit. it's not... I will say... That is it's animal abuse. not fun to watch, and I know all the vegans are like, well, you fucking eat bacon. Yeah, fuck you. It's not... I, <laughs> it's, eating, eating an animal is not the same no, as... No, it's bad. Chucking it off a tower? <laughs> I kill it before you'll, I eat it. You'll find shock... You'll be shocked to know that uh, <laughs> the country of coronavirus, China, is the ones that perpetrated this. Shocking footage from the Mikeson Red Wine Town theme park, which apparently when they name theme parks in China, they just take those refrigerator magnets and fucking throw them at a wall and whatever sticks. That's what they what? name them. Uh, uh, fun fact. That's how Bush writes lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, in this is in Chongqing, Southwest China shows several men tying a pig to a pole before taking it up to a platform. In a 223-foot tower. 
Once at the top, the men fitted the animal with bungee ropes and put a cape on it. Put a cape on it. Put a (laughs) fucking cape on it. Super pig, super pig. does whatever. Before pushing it over the edge of the platform. Do you know what the theme song to that uh, place is? Stop. No. No. Why? What? Why? That doesn't even make sense. It said red wine in there. I hate you so much. That's okay. Um. My, in the original, my, my love for you surpasses your hate for me. In the in the original footage, no, no I don't think you understand how deep our hatred for you goes. My love conquers all. The pig could <laughs> reportedly be heard squealing in distress, whilst crowds below laughed and screamed. Oh shit! The pig was then left dangling before being brought back by the bungee oh, operators. They give it a cat scan or a pig scan. See if they broke oh, any Jesus bones, Christ, broke its ribs. You know what? They deserve several. The, they deserve the coronavirus for that. Several shit. animal rights groups have called wow. for animal cruelty laws, which China doesn't have. <laughs> Following the stunt, the wide condemnation from the general public also indicated the increasing attitude change towards animal rights issues. So they were happy about it, though, right? In the uh, video. Yeah. I mean, here's some. of th- That's not me. No, this is some of the video. They had uh, Survivor. I have a tiger. Yeah. It's 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 pretty distra- It's pretty disturbing to watch. I'm let, not gonna lie. Let's let's not do that. Thing. Yeah, let's not listen to. All right. A pig. It's really it's really fucked up. Um. Well, they chucked a pig off a tower. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> Beth just heard that. Beth one. Just said, Aww. Aww. All right, let's move on. Um. Yeah, don't do that. Don't throw a pig off a bungee. Don't make a pig bungee jump. Uh. <laughs> Next, father charged after tackling son's opponent at a high school wrestling match. I saw this too. <laughs> Dude, he fucks this kid up. Like, I, let's let's talk about this. Okay, so <laughs> a father was arrested and charged after he rushed and tackled a high school wrestler during a match. Dude, he fucking levels this kid. Jeez. Uh, according to Kannapolis Police Department news release, Barry Lee Jones, Tommy Lee's brother, uh, <laughs> of Harrisburg, was arrested Tommy on Saturday. Lee Jones is I didn't kill my wife. Tommy Lee's brother. I Tommy don't Lee care. Jones. Uh, his name's Barry Lee Jones. Tommy. Anyway. I got it. Uh, he was arrested on Saturday. He was charged with simple simple assault as opposed to complex assault. Complex assault. Did you see, it was really complicated. It's where he solves a Rubik's my cube and then beats the shit out of somebody. And disorderly conduct. The teen he tackled was from Southeast Guilford High School and was wrestling Jones's son, who is a student from Hickory Ridge High School, the release says. Uh, yeah, like, so the kid throws the kid in, a, in an illegal move. So he basically mm-hmm. suplexes him, which is illegal. Which I've seen happen. Yeah, I've seen it happen, we saw too. It happen. Yeah, I've seen it happen in wrestling. I re- Matt and I wrestled mm-hmm. in high school. I wrestled for two years. It's legal in freestyle. For, yeah, this isn't freestyle. You guys just mm-hmm. wrestle each other for two years? No. Um, no, I got the shit kicked out of me for two years and then That's I quit. That's really sad. Um, so, like, so basically, the kid does an illegal move on this guy's son. He mm-hmm. basically, oh, so a suplex is basically where you pick him up by the waist and chuck him back on their neck. I mean, you Over can literally, you can literally break a person's neck doing you this. Br- you make you basically make a bridge yeah with your own body yeah and you throw them over your head i mean it's I've a it's a very AEW. dangerous move and in the video you can see the ref immediately blows the whistle yeah. stops it dead when he stops it dead you see this kid this dad rush in and fucking obliterate this kid like he takes him off screen yeah like just, 
just levels I his saw ass. This. Like middle linebacker type tackle. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I yeah, like, I mean, I, here's I, the thing. It was an illegal move, and I can understand as a parent the impulse to mm-hmm. go. Like, I remember mom talking about watching us wrestle, and she was like, she could, it was awful. She like, rarely came. Could not. She fucking, rarely came to She could matches. not deal with watching us mm-hmm. get the shit beat out of us or beat the shit out of somebody, whatever it was. Like, could not deal with it. So I get the impulse as a parent, but, like, you can't fucking do this. No. Like, you've got to show some exhibit some self-control yeah. here you have to understand <laughs> like the, the refs can only control so much right like a move and like he stopped it the ref did okay. what he was supposed to do a move like that is so quick it's and quick. instantaneous yeah. it happened to remember andy bankston yeah it happened to I him absolutely he got suplexed that. one time like it it's a it's a legal move in freestyle wrestling you'll see it in the olympics but, i see it on aw all the time <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> right yeah but so but this the, isn't fake. Yeah. <laughs> so and a lot of these guys in high school or whatever, like they wrestle freestyle, they wrestle Greco Roman. Like they they do that in the off season yeah. to to enhance their abilities or whatever. Yeah. And so sometimes it just it happens. Yeah, but I, I will say what so, and I understand the protective nature. Like you want to protect your child, but at the same time, yeah, like you can't do you it. You can't do that no, shit. The, like the the video is pretty amazing to watch but you just you can't no you just fucking can't you're you're a fucking grown adult against a high school you can't right. do that shit yeah yeah okay so the, the next I, I just love that brad has three news feeds fuck I, you I, no i love it i'm happy eat shit i'm very proud i'm of happy because i have 12 um no uh, i just have four okay so <laughs> i've been saving them for weeks and then matt had the sads and we couldn't use them a couple weeks ago. God, man. So he had the sads or the sars he had, the SARS. <laughs> he had coronavirus um who, too many here's the next one. Hooligans use electronic whoopee cushion to disrupt snooker championship. What is snooker? It's snooker. Pool. It's pool. It's it's pool in England, in Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I they it call it something snooker. 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 Uh, so they, so there's a, a. It's exactly what it sounds like. There's a snooker championship going on, and these guys planted a fart machine. That <laughs> man. Dude, were you there for the tux fitting at our? Yes, God, that was. Oh, you gotta tell that story. So, oh my God, that was great. Lafayette, Indiana. We went to the mall. We got fitted for tuxes for my wedding, the night before our wedding. Before my wedding, how'd you get the stink off of? We had out? who was it that I don't even remember who brought it. I don't remember who brought it. But Fife wore it. We had a fart machine. Todd Fife, who's appeared on this podcast. So one of my one of my one of my groomsmen, Todd Fife. Oh my god, that was the funniest he fucking thing. He put the fart machine in his pocket and it had a remote and he would he was walking around the mall and he would intentionally walk through a group of people and we'd hit the button. Dude, we laughed ourselves almost sick. So That's literally that's one of the few memories I have no memories from your wedding. That is one of the yeah. few memories I have from your wedding. So we got some, there's yet. some video. This is of your wedding. No. The same, same thing as the other day. <laughs> did you hear it? God, that, and you can hear the crowd chuckling. I think it might be someone with a whoopee cushion. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Yeah, some, yeah someone's planted it somewhere. <laughs> so, of course, the competitors... The competitors had no sense of humor about it whatsoever. I'm sure they were pissed. And it, but anyway, that that kind of I don't give a shit. That kind of stuff is funny. It's, it's funny. funny. It's funny. Grow the fuck up. Light. 
It is later than you think. Fucking laugh. Just who yeah. gives a shit about a snooker tournament? Just laugh about it. It's yeah. funny. So anyway, yeah. All right, Matt. What uh, about? You remember? So you remember Penis Man? Penis Man. Penis, penis man, man does whatever. whatever. Yeah, Penis, penis Man, man does. Uh, he was uh, literally was graffitiing Penis Man on. In oh, right. Tempe, oh. Arizona. Yeah. He wasn't drawing penises on stuff? Literally just saying... Uh, just wrote Penis Man? Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. What a disappointment. Um, penis Man, graffiti artist, arrested by 25 heavily armed SWAT officers. Jesus. God. I have an idea for Penis Man. Just do... Stop, arm, stop just arming the police man. like they're fucking military. Phoenix News. Phoenix New Times, where news comes first. Published an article just before 5 p.m. on Thursday about the investigation, which police launched after numerous instances instances of a tagger scrawling scrawling penis man across public and private buildings and other objects since late November. This is like a three month terrorist operation, right? This he this wouldn't have been he wouldn't have got him in trouble if he'd just been eggplant man. Nobody hates on eggplant man. <laughs> As New Times reported on Thursday, the tagger has become brazen with his markings in the past couple of weeks, hitting, among other places, the historic Hayden Flower Mill, because who doesn't want to go well, there? that's not cool. Don't do In the front door sites. of Tempe's municipal, municipal building. Tempe? Tempe. Tempe? Tempe? Is it Tempe? Tempura? It's Tempe. Is it Tempe? Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> I don't speak the English. I love Tempe shrimp. <laughs> Chinese restaurant. It's pretty good. No, no. Oh, wait, that's tempura. Yeah, it's tempura. Yeah. Shrimp. Tempura. <laughs> I'd like to buy a goat. What? <laughs> in Soviet Russia. Shrimp. God, in this so I can go to um, bed, please. The statement continues Dustin was booked into the Tempe City Jail on 16 counts of aggravated criminal damage, 8 counts of criminal damage. What's the fuck? What the fuck's the difference? Like. He wrote it more boldly in the 18 counts or like in one count of criminal trespassing in the first degree. Shomer. <laughs> Shomer Chavez. Shomer didn't, didn't touch her. her. Didn't respond to a request for comment, but on the unmodded neighborhood group Facebook page. I'm sure everybody's okay. just. Yeah. Any any um, unmodded group. It's a, bunch of be a part it's a of. bunch of Karens and Dons. Yeah. Well, actually. I just spent the last 24 hours in Tempe and Phoenix police custody for spring penis man. Shomer wrote this to the dude. Uh, his name's Dustin Schrummer. Uh, they raided my Schrummer. condo and vehicle and my and swarmed my entire complex in West Phoenix with 25... Are they quoting the Penis Man Manifesto? 25 heavily penis armed manifesto? SWAT officers and posted and pointed a silenced assault rifle in my face. Oh, he says, anyone with any doubt who the bad guys are here, be certain is the city of Tempe, city of Phoenix, the police forces valley-wide. There's no excuse for pointing an AR-15 in the face of a no, non-violent offender. Not. Jesus Christ! And, and I and I agree with him, but however, they just don't like penises. I mean, you can. Here's another thing that, as far as dualism, like you can you can say in the same sentence, this guy shouldn't be drawing penises on stuff, and that doesn't merit a SWAT response. Wait. Jesus Christ! Everybody's drawing. Give the penis. guy give the guy a two hundred dollar fine and I fucking know. move on. I mean, who hasn't Wait. drawn a penis on something? Jesus. A real veiny, triumphant bastard. God. Show, so this guy says, <laughs> penis man is neither man nor woman. You nor me. Shomer wrote in one post, we are all penis We are all penis men. <laughs> yeah. Viva la penis man. Viva la penis man. 
free penis man. <laughs> I'd pay this guy's fucking bail. Anyway, all right, penis man's free. Uh, he's on free on bond. Okay, uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia pro, uh, professor. Philadelphia. 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 God, I can't. I'm. Yeah. Philadelphia, Philadelphia professor accused of spending one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars in grant funds on strip clubs and iTunes. Nice. <laughs> I bet his iTunes is lit. The former chairman of fucking research, man. The former Drexel chairman of Drexel University's engineering department was arrested last week and charged with two counts of felony theft. Accused of having stolen 185 oh, grand God damn in research grant friends grant funds. Oh. Professor Chicken Dika Wait, Nwanka? Ch- chicken what? Chikeo Dinaka Nwankpa. Wait, isn't that the kid from that shot himself and uh no. Dead Poets. It fucking, no. What was that? <laughs> fucking what? <laughs> what is his name? Nuwanda? No. Himself Nuwanda? No, that, that was... What's his fucking name that killed himself in that movie? Nuwanda. No, that was his weird... No. <laughs> oh, fuck, I've got the hiccups. Anyway. What's really weird... God damn. So this guy... This guy... What, what, I, I, so I read this other article. And, and the interesting thing about what he bought on iTunes, it was... It was he actually spent... The same dollar six per song on just one song. And this is it. Now, usually I don't do this, but uh, go ahead on, break them off with a little previews of the remix. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do reminds me of my Lexus cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field. So, baby, give me that. And let me get that beep, beep. Running her hands through my fro Bouncing on 24 Why they saying I'm ready It's the remix to ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in wishes Sipping on coke and rum I'm like so what I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend Baby I'm about to have me some fun Yeah <laughs> The alleged purchases were discovered After university audit Thousands of copies of that song were made from 2010 to 2017. That bitches ain't shit, but that isn't true. Nuwankpa made multiple unauthor- no, unauthorized. Nuwankpa. No, it's Nuwanda. It's not Nuwanda. No. What was that fucking guy's name? What was that actor's name? Nuwampa. Nuwanda. No, god damn it! What was his real name? Who? From Dead Poet Society. Oh, I gotta look it up. Eric or some shit. No, god damn it. What was his fucking name, man? Robin Williams? <laughs> it wasn't Robin Williams. <laughs> He's dead to me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. God damn it. <laughs> Robert Sean Leonard. Neil Perry was his name in the movie. Nawanda. Nawanda, yeah. His dad wouldn't let him be an actor. Because so, why? Wait, I've been listening. Why did Nawanda buy a bunch of strippers? Well, shit? let's find out. Hold on a it's minute. Nawanda, he more than ninety six thousand dollars. Is it because his dad didn't want him to? Yeah, be more be than ninety six thousand dollars was spent on adult entertainment venues and sports bars, according to the district attorney's office. Dude, about eighty nine thousand was my spent. Boy! On- my, my boy, my son, my son. Oh my god! And Robert Williams got fired for it. Like. That's fucking bullshit, man. He changed Ethan He's Hawks. Robert Williams. Robin Williams. He changed Ethan. <laughs> it's Robin's brother. <laughs> he, changed, he changed Ethan Hawke's life. 
Oh, Captain, my captain. <laughs> About $89,000 was spent on iTunes purchases. <laughs> I love how much you struggled with purchases. Anyway, it's eight forty-six. I know. I need to go home. We went. We started early, and we're still. It's still fucking almost nine o'clock, and I am fucking gone. He was if, there, if there's ever an episode to listen to this pod, this at least news feed in half speed, this is it. Anyway, he was released on twenty-five thousand dollars bond. Uh, a hearing is scheduled for the twenty. Oh, anyway, R.I.P. Nwanda. Yeah, Nwanda. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. <laughs> you have any more? No. no. Okay. Uh, product update. Cinnamon Toast Crunch ice cream is coming. Oh, to Jesus. I would eat the shit Dude, out of that. I would be all over Right now. That. I would eat that right now. Um, I'd be all over that like a drunk podcaster on Cinnamon Toast ice cream. <laughs> Uh, my uh, my mom when she goes to Mexican restaurants doesn't like Mexican food, um, but she gets the <laughs> well good thing because the stuff you get at Mexican restaurants restaurants isn't Mexican food. So. <laughs> I lost your lunch there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but <laughs> there was one Mexican restaurant where their 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 fried ice cream was just cinnamon toast crunch on vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Shit, you not. <laughs> oh man, um, so yeah, cinnamon toast crunch uh, ice cream. It's coming, 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 coming. Um, did you? Okay, so oh, man, this is this isn't a product update, but it's more like a public service announcement. Um, so you're, can you guys send your? Story? No, I'm fucking talking about my story right now. Um, Matt, can you send your? So, iflscience.com. Reports. I, f- I fucking love science. That's what reports that, that for. your testicles have taste receptors. This is bullshit. So I was listening to this. No, <laughs> this is bullshit because I did my I did no, my sack. No, I was no, listening. So a radio show I listened to with Bob and Tom. Yeah, <laughs> one of the guys tried this. They talked about this on, and he actually dipped his nut sack in like soy, soy sauce, sauce yes. and like and he was like it's total bullshit no there like, are several people on no, the internet that no, say it it's, is it's real oh, well it has to be true Dozens he literally tried it and it nothing well, happened so his his taste buds are burnt on his nuts I, I don't know what happened to him i don't know why his his nut sack taste buds are burnt who knows what kind of shit Bob and Tom still, have been what are you guys doing right now i've got some soy sauce i'll do I it mean, right now I will do it right now if you get soy sauce. You have soy sauce? I do. Absolutely. All right. We're going to pause this. We'll be right back. Brad's going to... I don't know what he's going to do. Put soy sauce in his nutsack. All right. We'll be right back. And we're we're back. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about what just happened, but shit went down, and I'm not even fucking kidding. Okay. So... Um, let's, were, let's, 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 let's narrate. Were in, you were in there for a minute, buddy. Me? Let's, well, okay, let's talk. Well, last there? we left off that just Brad was doing it, but th- shit got real. Brad, <laughs> tell us about your experience. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's, so. I dipped my nut sack in <laughs> soy sauce. I tasted nothing. <laughs> FYI, Beth, we need more soy sauce. So here's the, here's the we thing. We certainly need more soy here's sauce. Here's the thing. A, it was just really cold. B, well, it's the only thing here's what I think that the researchers are seeing: the only quote taste you get is because you smell the soy yeah. sauce. 
And so it's like, I guess in that way you could say, oh, I'm tasting soy sauce. There's no way your balls are tasting soy okay. sauce. So bullshit. Br- I call total bullshit. Brad came out with that story. Here's my story. So I thought I called <laughs> bullshit on sweet. Brad's bullshit. We were out of water. We were out of soy sauce. So Michael, in, for Michael, science, I decided to go a different. Michael route. improvised with Worcestershire. <laughs> And so what what I'll say about my experience, and there's not a lot I'll say about it. Because <laughs> he was in there for 10 fucking I was, minutes. You were in there a, a weirdly long well, time. Well, I was very careful not to touch the, the family bowl with my <laughs> penis hands, my nutsack what? hands. I didn't want to. I, so I was very careful not to do that. So I, I washed my hands before, you know, there was... I didn't what? didn't want to didn't want to do that. This, this in 196 episodes this is the weirdest fucking thing okay. we have ever fucking. So done. what I'll say about it? I went to close. Bible college and all now on a theological quote theological podcast. I'm dipping my nutsack in soy sauce. I will say this. Jesus I, Christ! I've never gotten up from the toilet and saw like brown liquid <laughs> and thought it was a good thing. It was very disturbing. Um. So, 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 so. I, I want to die. I just want right now. I want to fucking die. I'm still paying I, off my student loans, and all I said <laughs> was, "Michael, get your dick out of the Worcestershire sauce, dude." So it. it I will say Worcestershire sauce. Not a good, not a good substitute for soy sauce. It burns a little bit. <laughs> I have a burning sensation right now. It's probably not oh a good idea. Oh my god! So, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't taste Worcestershire sauce, but I did uh, taste salt. And you I don't. Did, no, you didn't. And, and taste I don't. And, and that's bullshit. it. I don't think it was salt. I think it was the smell thing. I think I, I do think that. So I got the sensation of taste of salt. But I, I think I think See, it was I think I, it, I think it. it's bullshit. I think it's total. I it. Yeah, it's total bullshit. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like the only quote taste I got was the smell of soy sauce, and you know, obviously your sense of taste is tied to your sense of smell. Yeah, that it's bullshit. It's total bullshit. Don't don't substitute Worcestershire sauce. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I there is definitely oh my these God. are sensations you don't want to feel. We really had some fucking lows on this podcast. Boy, have we but ever! I feel like I feel like we've reached a new low Jesus at this point. My okay. God. Um. Okay. So, just for the record, my nutsack did not get dipped into anything. I'm just oh, gonna say that right come on. now. There, you've dipped oh, your nuts in something. Don't get your. Don't take the fucking high road. Fuck you. <laughs> my classy nuts. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh. My dickle, my ball sack will never touch soy sauce. Fuck you. <laughs> Are you serious right Here's now? Yeah, I'm serious like, right you, now. You really think, Here's like, on, on my do. off day from work, that my main priority is going to be to dip my balls. Who knows what kind of weird kinky shit you're into when you're alone? <laughs> Here's what I want you to do, Matt. In honor of Mr. Peanut... I want you to get some water and some salt, dilute it into a paste, rub it on your nuts for salty nuts, and then let us know how that goes. I have a seminary degree, and I just said, I, Michael, get your dick out of the washer. You've got a seminary degree now. 
Our, I can't imagine. Doing? I can't imagine why our parents are just mortified oh and disappointed God. in us. I'm so disappointed. You guys have this podcast. So good. <laughs> I don't like. I've Michael hasn't even done his fucking stories yet. Oh my! God. Will you Where do your at? stories, do please? Yeah. No, he did. He did I, one I did, about I dipping the, his balls in yes. soy sauce. All right. So uh, Tinder saved a woman's life. Have you heard this story? No. Okay. So um, this is a true story. A road tripping German woman was rescued from a treacherous Norwegian <laughs> wilderness. Automatically, I'm in. A road tripping German woman was rescued from a treacherous Norwegian wilderness uh, when she set her up her Tinder account um, and enlisted the help from one of her matches. So, Loinia Hager, a pro kite surfer uh, and self described adventurer. I'm sorry, that's not a thing. <laughs> apparently, it is. Um, she was traveling through. A remote Nordcap region uh, in a camper van with two friends when they became stranded on the side of a mountain by a deluge of uh, freezing rain. So, um, the moment you realize you are helpless against Mother Nature, um, on she posted this on Instagram. She admitted that she was terrified of sliding down the mountain or being stuck, or being struck by another car. Um, so she it sounds like she was just hanging off a cliff. Of a of a mountain in her car is what it sounds like. Um, so while sitting in the camper with the fear that every se- that every second the car could slide down the mountain or the car could crash into our camper um, due to the slippery road, a friend had the weird but actually genius idea to create a Tinder account. Um, so emergency responders were were too far away to help them quickly at all. So she. So they I'm set sorry. up a Tinder account, and not long after setting the Tinder account, uh, she matched with a bearded local guy, Stian <laughs> Lulinton, uh, who quickly showed up with a bulldozer and helped uh, her cut a safe path through the ice. What that's, a man. That's not a euphemism. I'm not even listening to the story. I'm 40 years old, and I dip my nuts back in soy sauce. <laughs> I put my nuts in soy sauce. What the fuck is happening? I want off this podcast so bad. So within five minutes, she had a match, (laughs) and somebody saved her because of Tinder. Three children, the oldest of which is a teenager, and I dip my nutsack in soy sauce to see if I can taste it. Hey, you did soy sauce. I did fucking Worcestershire sauce, and my balls are still burning. I may never have kids again. In all, in all fair, your son is saying goodnight to you. Night, buddy. In, in all fairness, Night. Worcestershire sauce is better than soy sauce. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. is. All right. Yeah, I think <laughs> if you dip your balls in A1, it tastes like chicken. Is this still a podcast? to go take a piss. Okay. All right. <laughs> just sitting by the door. <laughs> I went in. Okay, so while Matt's taking his dog for a piss, I'm going to do the intro uh, for this episode. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I'm for the for the foofy, further up, further in. Are you ready? Are you, is your body ready? Uh, yeah. Dan Koch is the host of You Have Permission, a podcast for anyone asking those deep and timeless questions that humans can't seem to stop asking. You Have Permission is a resource for Christians, former Christians, and non-religious folk 
Uh, anyone who finds himself asking difficult questions about God, science, prayer, fate, suffering, evangelism, evangelism, and more. Sorry, I can't read. I'm drunk. Uh, Dan is, was also the co-host of the Reconstruct podcast, the Depolarized podcast, and played guitar in the indie rock band Sherwood. Dan is a composer and producer writing music for film and TV. Uh, he's created music for McDonald's, Ford, Geico, Chevrolet, Jeez. Disney, Microsoft, Amazon, Honda, Corona Light. Not exactly uh, a lightweight. Hilton, Nintendo, Nissan, Jamba Juice, Stouffer's, Coors Light, and Toyota. And, and many, 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 many more. Uh, Dan Cook is also a doctoral student in counseling psychology at Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington. This is our interview with Dan Koch, and it is, oh, buckle up. It's one of my favorite ones in, a, in, it's, re- it's a good one. in recent memory. Yeah, it's a good one. So further up, further in, here we go, bitches. Further up, further up, further up, further up, yeah. Soy sauce. <laughs> All right, Dan Koch. The man, the myth, the legend. I wasn't sure this episode was going to happen. I thought we'd be raptured by now. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how that's proud. Pretty good. I, I can't tell you that's how proud best, he is of that joke. <laughs> that's the best opening line so far yes. of anybody that I've talked to you about this. Just yeah. a pile of clothes and Kirk Cameron standing there pointing at him. Yes. <laughs> I wish we'd all been ready. Um, okay, so before... I wish we'd all been ready when we initially scheduled to do this interview. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that much. I 100% agree. So That's why we might have been raptured, because it took so damn long. <laughs> yeah, that's, we, we were just testing the theory out. Like, well, if we get rap, if, if Dan gets raptured... That's right. Just Dan. We had to, we had we to postpone it. We had to postpone it because Matt had the sads. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, these episodes are about mental health yes. and the end times, so... I can I can empathize. Well, I can tell you that day at work felt like the end times. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of the end times, never mind. I was going to never mind. I was going to say a, nothing. <laughs> I better not. Just good, stop. Good I story. Stop. Stopping I myself. We've I mean, already had... stopped this podcast once to eliminate a joke you made. Let's yes, not do it again. It's go- it's it's over. I'm not going to say that joke. Okay, um, Dan. So I was doing. Res- research research uh for um this interview and i came across bits of your story it's super fascinating so for for our audience can you tell us a little bit about your story who you are who do you think you are where did you grow up uh and and what led you to the work that you you do now i think you should start every interview with so who do you think you you are oh i I, literally do i have started multiple episodes with uh who do you think you are and what gives you the right that's a great. I love that. That's a great opening line. Hey Dan, um, don't encourage. Well, don't encourage him. We're trying to stop I, that. M- my third question is, who hurt you? <laughs> I'm about to answer okay. that. Um, so, basically, the the stuff that's unrelated to this topic is, I was in a band called Sherwood for ten years. Yeah. Sort of like that's how I met the Bad Christian guys when they were in Emory. Okay. Um. So that's kind of like my twenties, and then uh, I had. Two other podcasts before you have permission. One was called Depolarized. And it was about politics and some psychology um, and and some faith stuff. And then another one called Reconstruct, which I did with my buddy John, which was deconstruction, reconstruction kind of stuff. Um, but the story that's maybe more interesting for this topic is like my uh, my history with panic disorder and 
like rapture theology. Is that that's what I imagine you were getting no, at? No, I, I was just trying to figure out who the hell oh. you are. So, well, I do uh, have a question about your rapture. How story. long do you have? Yeah, we. I mean, we've got hours. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no. uh, I do have a question uh, later on about your 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 experience okay. with that. But I want to know, like, um, what? Uh, so, so where, did you grow up? Uh, so, I listened to Sherwood back in the day. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, what what led into um, your Christianity? How did that that happen? How how is that a thing? I was. Yeah, I was an atheist until our first show with Reliant K, and then I saw the light. Um, <laughs> it was Matt no, Teeson? Is that who it was? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so I grew up non-denominational, evangelical, but it's important, I now realize, to say California version of that. So okay. not fundamentalist, really. Um, a bit more live and let live. A bit more chill. A little bit of the vineyard, kind of Calvary Chapel, more of the Jesus movement emphasis, sure, um, and less of the Southern Baptist kind of stuff. Um, so that's kind of my upbringing. I went to Christian junior high and high school, went and I studied philosophy in they undergrad a at a team? state school. Yeah, they what, did have a basketball what was team. The, what was the uh, the mascot? <laughs> the preachers. The the knights. Ah, we were we were the King's Academy Knights. Did you put on oh wait, played... are you from are you from Tennessee? No, there's a lot of Kings Academy. Okay, there's I was gonna say there's yeah. one. There's in a lot of knights too. Well, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Did you put on the full I armor? I think actually of there is a Kings Academy in Seattle, and I think they are also the knights, which is weird, <laughs> and they're unrelated. Um, and it's like the biggest Christian school up near where my wife and I live. But uh, so I was on the basketball team. I was on the B team even in eighth grade. So that tells you about my athletic prowess. Uh, didn't even get that A team. Um, yeah, neither and did I. We're, we're, you're in good company, buddy. Yeah, nobody really matches <laughs> up to Mr. T. Uh, so studied philosophy in college, just dropped out to do Sherwood for a long time, got interested in theology, was probably already always interested in theology. Um, and then, uh, oh man, did that for 10 years, moved to Seattle, got married, and I've been a commercial composer for a day job for the last eight or nine years. Uh, but I'm also now back in school to get a doctorate in psychology to become a therapist. Nice. Awesome. How did you get into the creating music for uh, film and TV? I, you know, I fell into it. I didn't know it was a real job. And then, um, you know, I don't like to call things God things, but in a span of two days, three different people told me about the same company and one of them worked there. So oh. I was like, well, can I get a tryout? And I turned out to be arguably better at it than writing regular songs. So that's been a really good, it's been a very uh, healthy and helpful career for me. I'm pretty bored of it now, and I'm, I'm, I'm too interested in, like, minds and ideas, and I can't just, I just can't do that anymore. So, hence grad school. But I do also want to, I want to see people who want to talk about faith as, like, my primary clientele in therapy. So there is a, a theological sort of faith Bent. angle to my grad school work as well. Nice. So you have had three successful podcasts that have dealt with some of life's biggest questions, God, religion, purpose, meaning, deconstruction, reconstruction. Trump. Um, yeah. And you also have a Patreon. So everyone check out yeah. his Patreon uh, for, for those who even want to go deeper. Why, 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 have, why, why, why are you doing this? Uh, why have you committed so much of your time to these conversations? 
I actually, that's a great question that does not get asked of people often enough. Um, I think I am partly a verbal processor, partly an exhibitionist, uh, not sexually, but sort of in, in terms of ideas, Hashtag in terms goals. of art. Yeah. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Hashtag be, send pics. Is that? That's how you lose the old license. Um, <laughs> don't go down that road. No, but, uh, you know. I'll always been an open book. Like, you know, when I was younger, I think in a really unhealthy way, just like wanting attention. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some of that still around. Um, but then I, I feel like a, a pretty clear sense of calling. And uh, it's also a nice like use of my abilities. I mean, even the audio thing of just like when I started, you know, depolarized, which was the first thing I recorded, I was like, I already had a podcast that was in the 95th percentile sonically because I literally did it for a living. So um, I'm, I'm glad that my voice is not awful for radio. I don't think it's great, but it's like mm, 60th, 70th percentile. And uh, I don't know. It just is a good fit. It's a natural fit. Um, and it seems to be helping some people. And it honestly helps me a ton because as a verbal processor, I get to now process with – Almost anybody I want to, you know, I can't get former President Obama or something, but I can get pretty much anybody that I want to talk to about stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and I would keep doing it probably for that alone if there were forty listeners, and I could still get those people. I would I would probably keep doing it. Yeah, it's interesting that like, so we um, started a church plant, and um, how'd that go? It didn't go well. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but, but it's interesting that the access you have just from being on a podcast is, is totally different than if we were in a, um, even, even like a, a major church, like we get access to, to, to people that would never even, you know, obviously they can wear their underwear and sit in their basement and talk to us. They don't have to actually leave yeah. the house. So that's a benefit. That's but just like a Friday. I'm that's sure like a you... Friday for me. Yeah. I'm sure you guys get these messages all the time like, hey, love your work. Started my own podcast. Uh, the first five episodes are up and I go and it's like N.T. Wright, Brian, Brian McLaren and Rob Bell. Like <laughs> three of their first five guests. I'm like, how the hell did you do that? Just yeah. starting out. Our, our, like, our, our, our definitely first don't guess, have that as a. Yeah. Yeah. Our first guest was uh, Science Mike. and Our second guest was Rob Bell. No, our second guest was Derek. <laughs> oh, yeah. Derek but that Webb. wasn't in the first few episodes. Yeah. No, so. that yeah, was six no, no, months that in. Was, that was many, many months in. Yeah. So, well, still, like, we don't know how we but did that. It. The power of the podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, is what we're talking about yeah. there. Yeah. What power? The power <laughs> of the babe. Uh, sorry. I am just on it today. You're on I took one. a nap today and I feel great. <laughs> you're going, uh, you're throwing 100 mile fastballs right now. Okay. He's, like a, he's like a goddamn Had that nap. <laughs> Okay. Hell yeah. I, I want to get into what we're talking about, but I have one more question. And and sure. so we we also have a Patreon. Um and it's we also have a close Facebook group um f- for those who support us. I think you've got the same similar thing. Yeah. And, close Facebook group is great, I think. Yeah. yeah. It just the the purchase, the buy in is so much more. Um, yeah. And people are just like, Oh, we're here on purpose. And then it yep. really becomes a bad Christian experienced this as well with their club and it's it's just a different I did it open with depolarize, and I'll never do that again. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen some of those open groups. They're kind of crazy. Um, so so 
you know, some really meaningful conversations. We have a good deal of this. We also have a, a lot of dick jokes and 69 jokes mixed in. Uh, do you guys have that on your, your <laughs> podcast? <laughs> not, not so much. I, I wonder if it, We'll I wonder, it's almost like it has to do with the kind of uh, the content climate where? you put forward yeah. as hosts. Yeah, I wonder if that's well. Related. But, but here, here's my question that goes. Huh, the, interesting the, the, to I'm going to I'm going to twist this right back on you, Dan. Listen. So, um, I so I searched uh, your podcast. You have permission in our closed Facebook group to see if people were talking about it for keywords like sex and dildo and oh no yes. sorry go ahead yeah so, so no, I, no just, I, I searched that would literally close, just be our podcast and nothing else I searched like. <laughs> searched our closed Facebook group for your podcast you have permission and 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 here's what I got so uh, this is a uh, friend of the podcast Lucas Allen. This is great data because I don't yes. have this. You, you data. don't have I don't access know what other to this people data. are saying. So Luke, I'm all ears right Lucas now. Lucas Allen, friend of the podcast, and from May of last year, says the latest episode of You Have Permission was really great. It's about psychology of disgust. Mm-hmm. Uh, an interesting moral question from the podcast: A man buys a whole chicken from a grocery store and has <laughs> sex with it before he cooks it. Is that immoral? So Dan, is that immoral? I. Did not, first of all, I took that from Jonathan Haidt, the social and moral psychologist. I did not come up with that example. There, it's from his series of moral dumbfounding questions that he that they ask people as part of their research. But are you asking me if it's immoral? Yeah, it? Do I have to answer yeah, that question? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You're making other people answer that question. No, no, I'm not. I did not. <laughs> I didn't like pose that question to anybody and put them on Wait, the spot aren't like you aren't doing you now. Don't, don't you wish we just cancel this podcast altogether this is like, our first gotcha question we've ever asked <laughs> it's great can no you, this is can, really fun no, our, you, our, our one gotcha question is can you fuck a chicken before cooking it like that's our question that's pretty that's pretty on brand like, if we're honest god damn it man i'm so sorry man no they need to know where you stand. What, yes. what, um, what an absolute waste of your fucking time. I'm so sorry. He could be reading books. He could be working on his PhD. No, he's answering chicken. He's answering chicken fucking questions. Like that's <laughs> what he's answering. We got to get to the bottom of this of this chicken fucking issue. Yes. Um, so I would answer. No, no, you don't have to answer. You really of, don't have to. answer. No, he does. Now you've got I'll, him on the hook. I'll answer. I mean, now we're we've been building up to it. Uh, name of your sex tape. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I would answer it. It's kind of a bullshit answer, but this is the way Jonathan Haidt would answer, which is to say the part of me that's a that's a true liberal in terms of my moral intuitions would say, no, there's nothing wrong. Like the chicken's already dead. Uh, the, the guy like maybe it's not uh, flourishing for the guy to do that. Like probably there's a better version of himself that doesn't need or want to do that. Um, but then the part of me that respects uh, more conservative moral intuitions would say, well, there's something kind of sacred about a human body, um, and there's something sacred about sex. And I think probably sex is not best utilized. So it's a kind of a missing the mark type of wrong, um, as opposed to like a definitive rule-breaking kind of a wrong. Oh, that's good. But in terms of like, it's not, that's not really what you want to be doing with your dad. No. If things are going well for you, this is not on the list of things you're doing regularly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I would say it's wrong in that sense. It's not wrong in the sense that, like, I'm going to really judge someone if that's how they're what they do for kicks or whatever. Oh, I will. I'll definitely judge you. But I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I would be like, not a good sign. Yeah. Like, not a not a good. Yeah. Not cool, bro. Yeah. Don't do it. 
Not get yeah. Your dick out of that chicken. <laughs> What's is funny my is my my wife is like a str- is a strong vegetarian, and so she has like other issues. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, wait, would that like what? <laughs> her issue though. Is a, that's a whole other. Wait, that's a like, whole other ethical question, isn't it? <laughs> Whether fucking a chicken would well, make you not a vegetarian. Hashtag. Well, oh yeah. How, how to crack an egg? <laughs> well, I think we're. No, I don't. We're just. I we've already thrown chickens. out our questions that we had for you. Let's let's explore this. <laughs> Just someone's like, no, no, I'm, I'm basically vegetarian. I don't eat chickens. I mean, I. Well, I don't. I, I don't anymore them, now. You know, like, I don't know who's no, fucked uh, him. She, her, her thing was like, well, if he finishes, like, is he gonna eat it? And, then, and if not, is it going to waste? Yeah, it's based. Yeah, that's, like, that's, a, her that's an interesting. Just, that's an interesting uh, wrinkle in this conversation. Man it based. is an interesting wrinkle. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyway, we could we could move on. Okay. Well, We're at the but I, I think mark you bring here. you bring up an interesting point. Man, Matt has a very cr- critical. Uh, uh, follow-up question. No, I, ch- I fucking don't. Fuck I just have an observation. Because you you talk about, you know, prog- you know, progressively, liberally, whatever term you want to use. Like, do whatever you want. But but for me, especially with sexual issues, like, I tend to, I really kind of tend to lean conservative on that kind of stuff. Like, that there's something sacred about it. There's something, like, you, <laughs> you should go around fucking chickens, I guess. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just I tend to lean more conservative, and so I find it interesting that you say that because I really, I really resonate with that view of sexuality. I guess. Yeah, you are a prude. <laughs> no, no, but it's so. I'm a prude because I don't really want to fuck a dead chicken. Great. Well, okay, I'm a prude then. No, no, no. Potato you're, potato. you're on to something though. I in my first in the first purity culture episode that I did with uh, Dr. Tina Sellers. She's a Dude, I think we have the exact same headphones on right now. Writer and stuff? Are you, can you hear me? Okay? Yeah, I can hear you, but I'm just noticed your headphones are exactly the same ones I've got. Oh, good. Thank you for interrupting yeah, me. Sorry. To say You're that. welcome. <laughs> it's very important. Oh, man. I like God, he's ethering Michael. I love <laughs> I it. I love it. It's delicious. Go ahead. Are they the same? Yeah. Are they the I same? I think so. Huh. Let me look at the same. Um, uh, so with, if I could remember where I was, Sorry. Um, something about some, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Some, I don't know, go ahead. No. So, so we were talking and, and she's a sex therapist and, um, has been working in this world for a long time. And we, we have a, I, I share her critique of purity culture, but we got into some stuff, uh, with listener questions about sex workers hmm. and she, you know, when you get to a topic like that, she sounds like kind of your run of the mill Seattle liberal. Live and let live. If it's not hurting anybody, I've heard of these dads who are, you know, they're they are single dads and they don't have time for a relationship, and so they have these cam girl friendships or whatever relationships that they have online that they pay for. Uh, and there are, you know, there are surrogates like in that movie, The Sessions, uh, with uh, Helen Hunt, and you know, and that's true. But like one out of one thousand sex workers is like stoked to be a sex worker. Yeah. And I, I I pushed back on that with her and, you know, respectfully, but I really have a different intuition than her about some of this stuff. And I think that there's a naivety in a certain kind of liberal view of sex and of sex work uh, and of stripping and in all that stuff. And so it's one of those issues where I do find myself um, I am pretty my intuitions are pretty liberal, but not really on sex and not really on, um, you know, around abortion. I'm really kind of in the middle. Let's just hit all the. Yeah. Let's just hit all the. Right let's let's here. do it all, man. We haven't even got let's to the actual not, topic. Let's not we're talk, to talk about. about. 
Let's not talk about abortion today. Dan, but I, just to say, it's another one of those things where I don't totally fit the tribe yeah. of my political affiliation, and I'm I'm okay with that. In fact, I think if anybody takes any kind of like quiz of like, are you a Republican or a Democrat, and you get ninety seven percent, you're doing something wrong in in 2020. I think. Hmm. I feel like we we've done our job. If if at the end of this, and when we post this podcast, you don't share it with your fans, we'll know that <laughs> we'll know that we're not your brand. Um, <laughs> I think that people are going to be like, "Wow, what a breath of fresh oh, air!" Well, we'll see. He's not trying to sound like a professor. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that viewpoint. I really do, I, and I think yeah. the three of us probably do as well. Like, we just uh, that it, it's a it's it's nuance. Yeah, and I think that's just missing. It's like you're in today's political climate and today's religious climate. You're either this thing or you're that thing. It's an either or atmosphere instead of saying, okay, you can hold a couple views in tension, yeah, and sort of play for the middle of that, and it's okay. And and nobody nobody wants that. Yeah. It's very it's very uncool yeah. right now. It's it's yeah. not what the people want on either side. No. Well, yeah. it, it, and the the trouble with saying something like that. Um, you know, playing the middle, which I think that, that's kind of how I describe myself um, is, is I, I'm probably the most Democrat I could, I've ever been, but I would never say I'm in bed with that political party either. Or. Yeah. And uh, the, the bad side side is, is if you say that, that automatically means, and all oh, you love, you love Trump, so, <laughs> but that, that's not the case. That's that's exactly right. Fuck Trump. Number one, you might be making an argument as to the best way to beat Trump, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's let's get in. Well, I'm glad that us white guys agree that we can be centrist. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. We have a lot on the line. Yes. A lot. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. All right. Let's move on. All right. You are one of us, my friend. Yes. I just and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> um, so you, you've led a, a pretty full life up until now. Um, what got you interested in counseling and psychology? That's a great question. Uh, my dad has been a therapist for 40 years, but I didn't really think I would do it, at least not uh, as an adult. And I was, I felt kind of called to ministry uh, a couple years ago, and I went to a few friends of mine who are ministers or have been in ministry, and each of them said the same thing. They each said, I totally see that. I think you're right. Also, probably not a pastor. Probably <laughs> and, good advice. Uh, for everyone. Not not like because no one should be one, but like because you shouldn't probably be one. Right. Um, and so I took that as, you know, I don't know if it was criticism or compliment or neither, but I took it seriously. And so I was just still kind of thinking about it and like, well, what kind of I probably should go to grad school, but what for? And and then my therapist actually threw this out there. He's like, hey, there's this program. You know, I teach at it as an adjunct professor and I think you'd do well, and I think you'd really like this job. And I was like, really? So I kind of started a discernment process and uh, came to the conclusion that, yeah, I think that is right. I think that's the right move. It was a little bit out of left field for me, but I had been moving toward psychological explanations instead of theological explanations since about Trump. And uh, <laughs> really, I mean, yeah, since yeah. Trump. After sure. Trump, I read Jonathan Haidt, The Righteous Mind, and I was like, this is a better explanation for what I'm seeing than something about sin or something about, I don't know, you know, like the, the things people are saying that they actually like about him. I don't think that's what they like. I think it's something else. This book is like giving me much better language for it. 
I think that was the beginning, really. And I didn't know it at the time. But I was at the time already saying things like, the righteous mind is my origin of species. Like, this book is changing everything for me. I just didn't quite realize it would take me all the way to actually becoming a psychologist myself. Nice. So let's let's get into in 22 minutes of foreplay with a dead chicken. Um, <laughs> so let's get into the, the meat of, of what we're talking about. So um, you recently conducted a, uh, a, a 20 interviews plus interviews um, around the topic of end times theology and its relationship to mental health issues um, as part of your doctoral dissertation uh, yeah. for psychology. Um, what got you uh, interested in this concept? Why, why are you doing uh, this why do you have this focus for your dissertation? There's a trope for dissertations and master's theses and, you know, people's first projects that they do me-search as their <laughs> research. Uh, try and understand themselves, right, yeah. as they get into this field. And, and this is exactly that for me. I have panic disorder. It's in remission right now, which isn't exactly how they talk about it in psychology, but, you know, it is. Um, I haven't had a panic attack in years. But I have had it off and on my whole life. And the single largest trigger for panic attacks for me has been end times, antichrist, rapture, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, started in sixth grade. Someone gave me a book called 96 Reasons Why Christ Will Return in 1996. The book claimed September, and this was April of 1996. So I had... You know, a good five months left of my life Sweat and bullets. to live, and I was 12, uh, or yeah, I was at 12, I would have turned 13 later that year, and um, no, it totally fucked me up. I mean, I had panic attacks, I couldn't, I, I had like basically nightly panic attacks for at least a month, hmm. and and it just became like a recurring trigger. In eighth grade, we did an old an end time study at, in their Bible class at my evangelical junior high, um, and then, uh, culminating in when I was 23, I had like a full on massive panic attack. Maybe the biggest I've ever had. I had to leave an album project in the studio in LA and fly up to San Jose and, uh, like leave before it was done. I was co-producing this record. And, um, then I got diagnosed with anxiety and, and stuff. So it's just a big part of my story. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like, well, you know, I haven't like there's like one book that I'm aware of kind of from people in my generation called Unraptured. I haven't read it yet. Uh, I plan to um, not a lot of work on this. And uh, I just was finding like if it would ever come up, people would be like, oh, I've got a story. Oh, I got a story for you. Yeah. My parents did this, you know, like my friend's mom didn't declare a major for two years of college because she's like, well, I'm not going to finish. Jesus is going to come back first. You know, or wow. just all kinds of, and that's like, that is the mildest yeah. of the kind of stuff that I've heard. So that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably a pretty good intro. Okay. So, so you've got a, it's just four part series. Is that still the case? Yeah. Four parts and part, well, this'll come, this'll probably come out It'll afterwards. It'll come out but tonight. The, oh, yeah. okay. So we are in between part three and part four right cool. now this week. Um, so the, the, the first three episodes are out. Um, the, um, and I was able to listen to, um, you know, all three of them. Um, oh, cool. So first off, the production quality is so good, man. It's NPR quality production. It's really, really, really solid. So kudos to you for that. 
Welcome to our you. shit show. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you make us look like uh, hillbillies on local access. <laughs> you make us look ex- like exactly what we are. Yes, hillbillies on local <laughs> no, access. No, we're, we're fucking we Wayne's We are literally world. hillbillies we are Wayne's on local world. access We're right Wayne's now. world is what we are. Uh, I make you sound like hillbillies on local <laughs> access. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so, um, you, uh, so you mentioned a lot of multimedia specifically in the first episode of the the 70s 80s and beyond uh, a thief in the night films the left behind series uh larry norman's i wish we'd all been ready also I known as dc talks i wish we all could be ready yeah crystal lewis's people get ready um <laughs> can you talk about um these things what what why did people create this shit what what was their well, intent okay so what's funny is that's actually the project i'm working on now is uh, a follow-up to so these these episodes are pretty tightly uh circumscribed right like it's about people's experiences i wanted a kind of a vehicle to hear people's stories so it's just tons of first person i do a little bit of narration just to give you what you need to know but not a ton you know it's like five minutes at the beginning of part one um and but now I but so I've been working on those and kind of finishing them up for the last couple months and putting them together and being like, why the hell did they believe this? Like, no one's ever made an end time prediction that came true by definition. Uh, and so what kind of evidence did they believe? And then um, I think that's the that's the answer to your question, which is then why make all this media? It's all because the media comes out of a so the movies and the songs and. That all comes out of, I think, a, a place of faith and deep concern for people. I, I I don't impugn anybody's motives for wanting to spread the message once they're convinced of the message, right? Yeah. It's more, well, there is, there's some interesting stuff around what is appropriate for children that I think did not get enough attention. And I, yeah. I am going to, I'm going to gently hold some baby boomers feet to the fire on that oh. question. I'm sorry. Um, we missed that last little bit. Can you just repeat that? There's stuff around children, oh, and then you're going to what? I'm going to gently hold some baby boomers' feet to the fire on uh, on that question of what's appropriate for kids and why did you feel like this was appropriate? Yeah. Um, yeah it's, why don't it's, I turn my video off because it's a slow connection right now? Yeah, that might be a good idea. Maybe that will help. I'll, I'll miss your face, though. I will miss that. Oh, did you Did you hang up? Are you there? No, I just turned off video. Uh, yeah, all I'm right, good. cool, cool. Um, all right. Um, so, how how big of an impact did these films, books, songs have on people? Well, it's hard. You can quantify certain things, right? So, the Left Behind books, with all their various versions, sold like eighty million copies, Jeez. and God, that's since nineteen ninety eight or whatever. Wow. And then uh, the Late Great Planet Earth, which is the 1970 book, that has sold through 1999. So before, right around the time Left Behind came out, it had sold 36 million copies. Wow. And also had been made into a television show in 1974 that had 17 million regular viewers. And a film with Orson Welles narrating it. So pretty wide. Like, Definitely, you could call it the zeitgeist of American Christianity at that time. This yeah. was the movement, and these are the people that became the Reagan, you know, the Reagan Republicans, the Moral Majority, and basically the Evangelical Church in America. Yeah, uh, it comes out of this Jesus movement, 
that is really into the end time stuff. So a big impact. I mean, I don't know. I was trying to guess like how many people my age were brought up with this. Just doing a real basic calculation. It's got to be at least five million of us or something like yeah. that. It's yeah, a lot it's of a people lot. for sure. Um, so in the there's there's a lot of ways we can go with this. So um, in in the the first episode, you briefly hit on uh, the end times uh, theology and the parallels to fan culture. Um, nowadays, yeah. Nowadays, I personally see a lot of theology through that lens. Uh, nerds debating theology is similar to nerds debating Star Wars canon. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. I, I I liked that part that uh, my one of my buddies who I interviewed talked about, but I hadn't connected it the way that you just did, and that makes a lot of sense to yeah, me. Yeah, but but the theology part of it, it just seems there's something a little more sinister almost, especially when it comes to, to you know end time theology. Um, um, no one I know is having you know anxiety or panic attacks over Star Wars. Right. Um, right. So is there a way forward for in times eschatology that that isn't harmful? Well, so don't you think I'm curious what you think? Don't you think that the capacity to harm uh, is just is just the same as like religion in general versus other topics or other um, enterprises? Right. Like religion is sometimes the only thing that can heal huge wounds, like especially social wounds, you know, uh, the end of apartheid or, you know, like big stuff like that, like processing through a war. You kind of need religious leaders in a lot of those instances. Like it's very powerful. It can also be abused by narcissists who control little congregations, you know, their own little kind of spiritual harems, you know, so I don't know. I, I mean, my first guess is it's just it's just like that. I mean, it's just like it's powerful. Yeah. And so it will always be both more harmful and more helpful depending on the use. So how helpful or harmful is is the book of Revelation or in time theology? So that is a great question. I I need a new I personally am interested to get a fresh perspective on the book of Revelation and, and maybe Daniel as well as part of that. Um, I think the problem is when you combine it with what's called the perspicuity of Scripture, which I'm sure you guys know what that means, but the idea being that Scripture can be read in its plain sense, in its translated into language by a person with basic language skills and that they can get the Bible. You don't need scholars you don't need the people at the seminaries. It's just you've got your Bible, and you can rightly divide the word of truth. The Holy Spirit will help you do it. If you combine that with Revelation, uh, I think there's you're pretty much fucked no matter what. Like I don't. I think that you yeah. just simply cannot understand a work of apocalyptic fiction in a particular genre of literature that has been extinct for eighteen hundred years. You can't just do that at your kitchen table no so not helpful i think in that respect not helpful except the first seven chapters or whatever which are kind of like paul's letters that's great uh and maybe the the very end of like love you know god wins or something that's helpful (laughs) but everything in the middle right i mean everything in the middle is it's it is literally an extinct genre of literature so 
it is exempt, even if some of the Bible is perspicuous, and I would say maybe like the Gospels are and some stuff like that, uh, Psalms, not Revelation, it is not. You cannot just read it. Hmm. So, so where are you at with rapture, demons, hell? Where are you at with that? <laughs> just the, 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 the basic. Really light questions. Give, give us 30 seconds. Yeah, In s- uh, I don't think the form. I think the rapture is barely even biblical. It it's like one particular uh, focus on one particular verse, and they bring in a few other things that are not that the text does not say are connected. You know, it's like uh, the dead will rise first, and then the living will meet them in the air, uh, which, by the way, is not the series of events that rapture people describe. So they. They're very selective in what they will interpret literally right, or you're sequentially. Saying, you're saying conservative Christians are selective about their Bible reading? <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> preaching to the choir here. <laughs> I'm preaching to the backslidden former members of the choir. Yes. <laughs> Boy, if you who had are, any idea how backslidden. Are, we are the ones your parents warned you about. <laughs> who are drawing from their flasks in between hymns. Um, Absolutely. No, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't. I guess I probably don't have to say all that stuff, but yeah, it's a it's an incoherent and inconsistent hermeneutic that they use, um, and so I don't know. I don't think there's a rapture. I I think probably Revelation is written to the early church who are being persecuted by Rome, and that's basically what it's about. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is other than the basic message of of God winning over evil in the end, which is something I do believe. I have hope in. I have faith yeah. in. Um, and then otherwise, I pretty much leave it alone. I think there's probably a lot there. Like I, I'd like to understand apocalyptic literature better. Is what I'm, I basically what I'm saying. And I think there, I, I plan to learn more about this as this research goes on. Um, and so demons, like it's funny, a lot of people linked this. They linked eschatology and demonology and sort of spiritual warfare yeah. in the interviews. Like at, at least half the people I talked to did. Mm. And I did not have any questions about that. Yeah, I, I, I did not anticipate and that I, personally. I gathered that from just listening to the interviews. There was a lot of talk about uh, about uh, hell and demonology. Um, so l- let me ask you this, and this is probably a more personal question, but uh, where are you... Imagine a more personal question than chickens. Um, where, Fucking chickens, yes. not just chickens. Yes. Fucking chickens. Uh, yeah. um, wh- where are you at with, with salvation? Is that something that you feel that we need? Because I think... Rapture ultimately is salvation from for evangelicals. It's yeah. it's synonymous. Uh, there's some there is really interest, interesting parallels between the rapture and people's understandings of what salvation yeah. is. Um, we could definitely talk about that. I uh, where I'm at with salvation is I have been um, intuitionally a universalist since I knew that it was an option, basically. Um, so that was around like 19, 18 or 19 in my early touring days. And so for me, the question about salvation is not, I'm never asking who I'm only asking what. So we all, whatever it is, we get it. And what I'd just like to be is more confident that it exists. (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at. Like I have a hard time imagining it. I think it, it, by definition, whatever it is, is probably beyond our language or, our ability to describe it. Um, you know, one thing like, like here's just one example of that. When you think about when people describe how in heaven, you will not be able to rebel against God. So you will not be able to make a wrong choice. Well, 
the way that we experience moral decision-making as human beings is completely uh, not determined by, but it takes place in the context of neuroplasticity of our brains. So our brains are wired a certain way by our genetics and our experience, but we can change that. We can actually wire new routes. We Mm -hmm. can take old tunnels, stop going in them, and they will disappear and we make new tunnels, right? Yeah. So I don't know how to even, but like, but our brains require a universe where resources are limited, where the lion does not lay down with the lamb because it has to eat the lamb, uh, because everyone's competing for the sun's energy, essentially, to, to keep biological life going. So I don't understand... I, I don't have a way of thinking about decision making in a world where the lion lies down with the lamb, if I'm honest with myself, because decision making here is neuroplasticity. That's what it is. So you don't ha- if there's no, you know, there's no paucity of life and force. It's it's like it's great. I hope it's real. I just can't talk about it because I can't think about it. Really. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's just one example. Yeah. Um, yeah, salvation, I think is, uh, for me, it's, it's still something that resonates with me, not salvation in the way that I used to think about it, but in a a, a new way of like salvation from things that are destructive and things that do bring death and whether that is what you want to call hell or or whatever it is. Um, it's still, it's, it's a beautiful metaphor for, um, you know, being saved from destruction, uh, whether that be, you know, salvation from the church. Um, you know, I, hmm. I, I feel in a lot of ways, and I said this on our last podcast, that I feel like I, I followed Jesus out of the church is what I felt like um, mm-hmm, at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like I found salvation in that. On the other side, I, 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 I do feel more free and I do feel uh, more freedom and I, I live a more loving life than I did before. Um, and, and I would say the love that I felt before was almost even superficial. It didn't, it didn't, there, there were no consequences. So it wasn't there. Or the love no you deep. felt had an agenda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, sure. you know, yeah, that, I think that's more of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can, can we riff on this yeah, for a yeah. little bit? So I've been thinking about this a bit too. So, so there's salvation after life, right? Which is usually what people mean. And that's kind of yeah. how I answered your question. But then there's also very clearly salvation in this life. Absolutely. I mean, think about conversion experiences. Like you just described your conversion experience, except it happened for you after you'd already been in the church for a yeah. while. Right. Yeah. After it was like this before, then this thing happened and now it's a new way and I see the old way as like I was dead then, I'm alive now. Yeah. In you know some variation. Yeah, of that. for sure. And like I like thinking about the the lived experience, like the phenomenology of conversion and of salvation. If people did not experience it while alive, then we would not have a concept for it after we die. Absolutely. Like nobody would ever have come up with that idea. Of like, you know what I bet happens? <laughs> this thing that I've never experienced and no one else has ever experienced, I bet that happens after we die. Like, even if God wanted them to write that in the holy book, they wouldn't even have words for yeah. it. Because, you know what I mean? Like, so everything everything filters through our experience and the language that our cultural context gives us to describe that experience. And so what I, I, I think I am increasingly more interested in 
and this life salvation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in, in terms of because, like, getting at, like, what are we talking about when we're talking about religion? I have a, a friend, Andy, who was a merch guy for some pretty big rock bands, and he was a raging alcoholic. And he became a Christian, and he's one of those guys, man. He had an experience, and he just had no desire to drink yeah. immediately. Yeah. And he was immediately sober. Um, I have no doubt something changed in his neurology. Yeah. Like in a beautiful way, right? Like he was able to, or God did it, or both of them combined, or I don't know how this stuff works, to like redig those tunnels. And it was not hard for him to stay sober. Uh, that's conversion. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that people experience and they go, oh, there's something here. I will stay in this community because it has brought about this beautiful change in my life. Um, and so it's almost like I, I'm not so worried about salvation in the afterlife, but I'm really interested in conversion. Yeah. And I want to know more about that. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm very tempted to, to go all in and, and ask you the Pete Holmes question of what happens when he dies. Um, you can ask me whatever you'd what, like. What happens when you die? I don't know. I have a hope. My hope is that uh, I, in some way, get to participate in another mode of, of being and of of like existence. Uh, consciousness is, I guess, is a word. When people say another mode of consciousness, they don't mean this. I, I mean that I can consciously participate in something uh, beautiful that is just and and that rights the wrongs of the actual history that we are living in right now of which I am in the like 1% upper crust of privileged. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, that's, that's my hope. I don't, I don't believe there's any way to prove it. Yeah. Um, I, I can hope for it based on my experience of God and that is why I hope for yeah. it. And, uh, I, I hope that's it. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, and that's it. E even that, like it, l let's say there is nothing, there is nothing after death. What does happen uh, with your body is it becomes one with the earth and it, it does bring new life and it does bring uh, uh, nutrients to the soil, which, you know, we're fucking the soil as is right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, you, you even even if there is no conscious being after death, you do s still take part in in new life. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that's true. I think I'm I think I value consciousness so highly yeah. though that like simply adding like iron to the soil yeah. doesn't give me quite as pumped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, I totally get what you're saying. You know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like to me, to me it'd be like, I look forward to a time in the far future where like consciousness emerges again or something, you know, like that would be more if I was gonna, I don't know if I was gonna like maybe some part of me ends up in some part of another conscious being. I don't yeah. know. That, that would probably be the way I would frame it. So um, I, I don't remember if you talked about it in episode two or episode three, but um, there, there's another aspect regarding end times, and that's that's prophecy. Uh, people who claim to have visions or knowledge of when the world will end. Um, yeah. How does how does prophecy impact mental health? That's a good question. I feel like I got to be so to be clear. You know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm I'm in my first year here, so I. I don't speak with that kind of authority. Um, that's a really interesting question. I, I'll, I'll repeat something that uh, my friend Matt, um, he, I, everybody's kind of, uh, everybody is, uh, what's the word? 
anonymous, but he wouldn't he wouldn't care because he's a good buddy of mine. But he talked about how um, growing up Pentecostal, you can get into these. You you are taught. You might even call it like a certain emotional rhythm. You know, like oh, yeah. uh, you are you you find your worth in Jesus through an emotional high of a spiritual time or moment or or gifting or something right? absolutely right and then you that imprints on you value and meaning uh and and i think prophecy um works that way too if if you either think you've got the prophecy or someone's got one for you it is like a short it's a supernatural shortcut to meaning yeah is one one way you might say it and I think that, just like other stuff we've said, that can be tremendously beautiful and powerful. I've had people not I, – I didn't grow up in any – I just didn't grow up charismatic. I don't have that many charismatic friends. So I have very – I've had very few people sort of like speak over me and in a kind of overt sense. But I have had like mentors, my parents' friends, people who have more experience like like speak over me in a, in a more conversational way. Um and like that can be really beautiful and powerful and life giving, and and they can have a word, they can have an angle that you don't have in your current spot. Yeah. Also, the flip side, uh, it can lead to tremendous unchecked spiritual abuse. Absolutely. Narcissistic abuse, you know, child abuse by parents, whatever. Fill it in, uh, and so. It's like playing with fire. I mean, that's really playing with tongues of fire. Yeah. But um, psh, uh, it's it's that kind of a thing. So on, on your second episode, uh, you you mentioned that a friend commented that end times theology uh, is child abuse. Where where do you fall on that? Well, yeah, you can abuse kids without meaning to abuse them. First of all, absolutely. Uh, s- some of the stories that we hear in these episodes are undoubtedly child abuse. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think about whether my own story, if it counts, you know, uh, maybe, and and there's a difference between, there's not really a difference between trauma and abuse. Trauma is maybe a more helpful word for it because it focuses, I think maybe a bit more on the remedy and less on the grievance. I don't know that that matters. It probably helps for healing. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's one of it's a term I'm not going to mention with the baby boomers that I interview, oh, yeah. but I am going to circle it and I want it and I do want to know what they think about that. But there's also an interesting thing about standards of discipline shifting over time, norms shifting, right? So they probably didn't think of it that way at all. Um, another interesting thing about their childhood is that they mostly grew up with like Soviet missile drills in elementary school. Um because of the cold war. And I wonder if that became normalized for them to where they didn't think having their kids think about Christ's imminent return. Well, it's not that different than the cold war missiles. And I turned out fine. You know, I don't, that's another thing I'm going to ask them about. Hmm. It's, it's complicated, man. Yeah. So, and what, what do you think about it? Where do you fall on the abuse question? Oh man. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it definitely, um, you know, I I always say uh, with parenting in general, like I'm trying uh, to find the the best way to um, to not fuck up my kids. 
um, and not make them resent me for shit that I did. Um, so I, I think a lot of, um, you know, I, I'm going to hurt my kids no matter what, like n- not like physically, but you know, there, there's going to be, yeah. there's going right. to be, um, stuff, choices that I make right. that are, that right. are right. Nobody, the wrong nobody's choices. Perfect. No, yeah. no parent is perfect. Um, yeah. and, um, but, but I do think that there is some, some trauma that people experience through end times theology, which could be filtered through the lens of, of child abuse. Um, and, and even some yeah. of the stories that are on, on your podcast, uh, um, would, uh, definitely classify as that where people were, were singled out and shamed in front of large groups of people for, um, for ex- no reason at all, really. Um, yeah. Asking like very legitimate questions, yep. for instance. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. Or some of the, like playing the trumpet in the back of the room to simulate the apocalypse Jesus. to like a, to very mixed age group of children. Well, I mean, we have, we yeah. even have some supporters that we're talking about when all the Iran shit was going down when we decided to assassinate one of their leaders and, like, you know, Iran plays a major part in a lot of end times theology for some fucking reason, even though it's never mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. It's um, just whatever. Yeah. No, it's whatever country is right. currently our enemy in the Middle East. But, you know, in our Israel doesn't like right in yeah. our Facebook group, man, we had people talking about how it was really triggering because yep. they grew up in almost not almost in cultish sort of end times cultish, you know, churches that talked about you know iran was like a major you know player in the end times and so when all this stuff with iran started happening you know and we're bombing them they're bombing our bases in iraq and all this stuff it it really brought up a lot of old um i I guess it would be abuse yeah Uh, yeah you know a lot of a lot of trauma of of you know, this idea that anytime Iran is mentioned in a negative manner, it's like, oh, shit, it's happening. Like, yeah, I mean, yep. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So our I have... group too, in our Facebook group too, people talked about that. Even just yesterday, something about Trump's peace plan, you know, like the American president will unite the Middle East, but that right. will lead to the Antichrist yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, God doesn't really want peace somehow in that <laughs> rubric. I don't really understand it. Um, but yeah, like uh, it. It is, man, those wounds are live for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I, I, have, I have a cousin who wasn't raised in a family that, that went to church. Um, they, didn't, they didn't go to church regularly, just here and there, a couple of EVSs, shit like that. Um, but he picked up bits and pieces of end-time theology just in the, in the short spurts of time that he spent in church. Uh, he, he once confided in me um, that... Uh, Growing up, he would often pray to, to God that his parents would take him to church because he was terrified of Jesus coming back. Uh, it would keep him up at oh, night. Yeah. Um, he would check the moon out every night because he was terrified of the blood moon. Oh my God. Like, I'm not even kidding. Wow, this this is like, this yeah. is real. He, he genuinely believe it. Yeah, was terrified of this. Um, to him, the end time theology was a legitimate fear. It was a boogeyman. Um, and did you encounter similar cases when you were doing these interviews? And and what what does that do on your psyche? <laughs> uh, yes, many similar cases. Uh, 
I, I started grouping them kind of into categories, right? There's like there's like the depression symptoms that some people had. There were people who were suicidal, and the only thing that kept them from killing themselves was their firm belief that they would go to hell, hmm. which ended up being a blessing, right? Um, there were people. There were like anxiety symptoms, uh, which is there's a whole gamut of those, and there's like OCD stuff. So, for instance, um, a guy said that. He for a while he had a premonition that if he thought of the number six six six, he would have to think of the number seven 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 before he finished thinking six six six, or else he was worried he would be branded the devil. This is just thoughts. Now he was later diagnosed with OCD, right? So yeah, six, he's six, working seven, on it. Seven, seven, Everybody. Six. Yeah, like if he could get it in there, then he wouldn't be branded. Um Another guy said that in his theology, he could be drive, and this was the theology he was taught. He could be driving down the street, saved, get into a car accident, swear as he starts the accident, and die, and go to hell because that's an unforgiven sin. Jeez. Wow. Which is some kind of weird, fucked up pseudo Catholic thing yeah. that I never experienced. But again, I had that California kind of laid back evangelicalism. Um, ton. I mean, there, I could go on. There's a bunch more of these stories. What does it do to your brain? I mean, well, that, so here's, there's a chicken egg thing here that I think is really interesting. Yeah. Do we, are we like, did I have panic disorder because of the end times? For me, the answer is no, because I was, uh, I had panic attacks about thunder three years prior to having panic attacks about the rapture. Yeah. And so this ties into, I was wired for that. This ties into my next question, which is not everybody grew up with end time theology, uh, who grew up with end time theology suffers anxiety. Um, exactly. why do people with certain ex similar experiences and data react with react differently with that information? So, well, this is, this is everywhere. I mean, you see this with, um, the data about soldiers. So two soldiers see the exact same thing in combat. One gets PTSD. The, the other doesn't. Um, the episode four, which will come out uh, this coming Monday, I interview my friend from college. She and her twin sister had very different experiences of the exact same experiences. They're the same age. They, yeah. they heard the same weird w woman giving her weird prophecies that that for some fucking reason included you had to be on the roof with a with a suitcase when the rapture started. <laughs> I have no idea where the hell that she got that detail from. That that makes me think she was even loonier than. I would have thought otherwise. Uh, so that's just differential, you know, um, susceptibility, differential resilience. This is all over the trauma research. Yeah. Uh, this is well documented by people who are actually experts in that field. We just are different levels of resilience. And of course, we have different kinds of uh, mental disorders. Like most people at some point in their life would qualify for some something that's in the DSM, the, the diagnostic yeah statistical manual for mental disorders you know it's not that's not a shameful thing at some point you have a brief panic episode or you have uh generalized anxiety or you have a major depressive season or you have i'm just doing anxiety and depression but there's tons of other stuff you know so it's uh it's just different it's just different uh we have different genes we have different upbringing different susceptibilities yeah. a lot of these things have genetic components um, so it's, it's all that. I mean, think about someone who got really into this stuff, who was disposed to schizophrenia. Yeah, I mean, right. that's a, that's an even much worse version than what I, you know, I was, I was primed to have panic disorder. I was always going to have panic disorder, I think. 
but as you said earlier, this is I'm curious what you guys think about this, too, because I, I bet that this is universal. I recognize some disorders are going to happen. People are going to have anxiety. It's an imperfect world, etc. What I get frustrated about is that it seems like some of this, though, could have been avoided. Like, yeah, this is this is not the same as the Cold War. There is there never was a rapture bay of pigs. There was an actual bay of pigs, yeah. right? Like there was reason to be fucking scared of that. But there's nothing here. Yeah. Like it never happened. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And it's also tied in with Jesus, which is supposed to be like our source of comfort and meaning. And so there is a it's like much more tragic yeah. in, in that sense. Well, I think than Cold War anxiety or AIDS or that kind you know, of stuff, I think you know? though, speaking not, it's not more tragic than AIDS. Sorry, no, I clear. know what you mean, but I not more <laughs> tragic than AIDS itself. But you know, worrying about yeah, AIDS, right, right. that's hey, really you got to worry about that. That's real, you know. But you know, it's interesting because you know, growing up in the church, and we weren't in a heavy, uh, I wouldn't say we were in a heavy rapture based, you know, apocalyptic church, but you read all the left behinds books, right? I didn't, I didn't, I read literally none of them. Matt read all of them. Um, I read like seven of them. Okay, that's a lot. That's okay. like seven. But you too many. own the Kirk Cameron Blu-ray. Right. But here's what's interesting is that, you know, when you talk about, you know, Bay of Pigs, yes, obviously that was a real threat and all that. But, you know, growing up in a church in an evangelical, a conservative evangelical church, it was almost more real because with something like the Bay of Pigs, you were taught, well, God's in control. So... You know, when you when you look at something like the apocalypse or with the rapture, you're like, God's in control. But you were also taught that God was very mysterious and that shit could happen at any second. Yeah. So, you know, with stuff like nuclear war, you're like, well, you know, God, God wouldn't let that happen. You know, but with something like the rapture, I remember very vividly laying in my bed in at one point in high school. I think I was like a sophomore or something. Could not get to sleep, laying in bed, sweating and going. Having just jerked off. No, I didn't. No, <laughs> not, not not that night. Um, but literally, like, sweating and praying, God, please don't come back tonight, because if you do, I will go to hell. Like, so in, yeah. in, a, in a way, in some weird fucked up way, it was almost more real yeah. than the threat of nuclear holocaust. Because with yes. nuclear holocaust, you had God that was in charge and was like, well, he, God wouldn't destroy that. He wouldn't let that happen. God wouldn't let us do exactly. it. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. But but with, you know, with the holocaust, it was like he could flip that switch at any point. With with the apocalypse, he could switch that. He could flip that switch at any point. Rapture happens. Apocalypse happens. Whatever, whatever your theology says. And that was almost more real. Yeah. In a weird, yeah. weird, fucked up way. No, I think that's true. And also, I think that, you know, if you're like 12 or something, you can't really get your mind no, around no. nuclear apocalypse, nope. you know, but you could go. Like, oh, I'm going to go up into the sky, yeah. you know, with yeah. everybody like that's a much simpler image. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, go, go, yeah. sorry. Uh, I'm going to be that guy and be like, yes, the people who put out this multimedia prob may have had good intentions, but they also may not have had good intentions yeah. because hmm. they made a shit ton of money off of it. And teaching uh, in times theology at a revival or whatever gets people in the fucking church, man. It scares the shit out of people. And they, they, I'm sure there is a guy that had good intentions with this, but you can't, 
I, I, I think the intention a lot of times is to rally the troops, to, to rally the money, to get people in the church. Uh, and the, and the, uh, there's no way to prove it either way. I mean, there probably is, yeah. but um, I, I do think there is something there um, that plays on our fear um, that, that sells, you know? Uh, that's undoubtedly true. Uh, one of the, th- one of the relationships I uncovered in interviewing people about this stuff was um, probably the most common relationship between the rapture and any particular churches, like more overall, gospel project was the rapture served as like a multiplier because if you're trying to get young people especially to commit their lives to christ so that they don't go to hell well okay that's true you can do these like scared straight nights and maybe you'll you know like they're not dying anytime soon right they kids think they're gonna live forever and we've known that for a long time but there's even neuroscience for that like their uh prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed and that's where we forecast the future. So they don't think they're dying anytime soon. So you do things like Fright Night and you uh, show them, <laughs> you know, on Halloween, like, well, you could get in a car accident and die. Okay, well, I might get in a car accident and die. So maybe that I'm, you know, add 5% or 2% or something. But Jesus is coming back within 20 years. Oh, I am not going to live to 80 I ain't, this is going to end. So it's like, if you buy into that, it is a, it's a multiplier. It's a, it's an instigating agent for the ultimate thing, which we're really talking about, which is heaven and hell. That's really what it comes down to is heaven and hell. But this makes it now or just around the corner. And in fact, if you're a really studious young Christian, you pull out your uh, concordance and your end times prophecy map and your Bible and you can divine the signs yourself, get that newspaper in your other hand. Uh, and like, so, <laughs> man, the fucking allure of that yeah. is, the power of that is hard to understate, I think. Yeah. Oh, I have, I have a few more questions. Do you, are, how are you on time? Do you need to go? I'm, I'm good, right. man. I can go another 20 minutes okay. for sure. Yeah. So um, I, I've got a few questions that I want to do uh, a lightning round with you for sure. Um, so... Yeah. Um, one thing, and this is kind of a rhetorical question because I don't think we have time to go as far into this as, as I would like, but um, I, I think there's some parallels too about um, uh, w- with the apocalypse or the end times that, um, that paints God as an angry father that I think is particularly destru- destructive to people. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, that, that fear that God is coming back and, and uh, he's going to take us to hell or send us to hell or, or leave us out or leave us in or out. Um, and um, I, I think the church would serve, um, do a lot better to not embrace the God of fear, but the God of love. So, um, yeah, and I'd love to go into about how, what, what that means on a personal level and on a community level, but I have some really important scenarios I need to lay out to you. I have an, el- okay. You, you're going to lay them out first. Yes. Okay. Right. So I have an elderly relative. <laughs> Let's just call him my father. Um, who, <laughs> who regularly says that, that, uh, he is ready to, he's ready for Jesus to come back and to take our entire family. Um, he, 
actively wishes for all of us to go at the same time. What, what, what's wrong with my unnamed elderly relative? <laughs> I mean, I think there's something kind of sweet about that. Am, am I wrong? I mean, well, I think David I, Koresh said no, the same thing. No, but I think I, okay. Jesus Christ. No, really? I don't think David your dad Koresh is reference? David Koresh. Jesus, Michael. God, Michael. He's unnamed or elderly relative. Will you but turn off your thing, mic? I think that I think that comes from a place of love. I mean, it yeah. really does. Like, it's completely so weird and fucked up. Yeah, but at the same time, I do think that comes from some. It can be. It, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think I think we have to look at it non-dualistically yeah, and go for sure. Okay, so yes, it's fucked up, but also it's also incredibly sweet and loving. Yeah. That he would wish that nobody would be left behind and have to suffer without the others. Like that we would go together and love one another and be in this place whatever. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, here's something that I mean, yeah, of course, it's me- completely fucking weird. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It's totally weird. But if you control for his theological claims, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Right. The claims that he finds plausible. Here's something that's in between sweet and dark. And it's that um, he might be as he gets older. Uh, of course, I'm not diagnosing him or psychoanalyzing him from afar, but. People who are getting older, they're becoming more aware of their own death. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that we are painfully aware of is that we will, in, in one sense, die alone. Yeah. That final transition is not something anybody can do with us. Yeah. And uh, if he thinks that there's any chance that he does not have to do that alone, that he could do that with his loved ones. Yeah, absolutely. Then that is both um, a window into something sad and very human, uh, but also tender in a, in a sense. All right. Let's, let's go to the next hypothetical. So, uh, you know how a lot of Christians... Do- I love how blatantly transparent <laughs> So, you know how a lot of Christians don't think climate change... If I were doing this as a, if I were doing this as a licensed psychologist, I'd get my license revoked. Okay. Uh, okay. For confidentiality. Uh, so, so, you know how some Christians don't think that climate change is real? Um, so, yes. well, let's just say I have a, a pair of elderly relatives in my family that think... Um, uh, climate change doesn't matter because God's going to torch this world anyway. Uh, so what's the point in recycling? Uh, what's wrong? What's wrong with this unnamed pair of elderly relatives that believe that the liberals made up climate change to sell expensive light bulbs? <laughs> what's wrong with that? Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to. That's such a great question. Oh God. Um, it's a funny scenario. I mean, I feel like you know the yeah. answer to this one. <laughs> I do. You don't really. Well, how about th- this? Is me. even more weird and fucked up that our mom recycles because she knows it's the right thing to do, but also it has an idea of like, eh, fuck it, God's gonna Torture. burn it all yeah. up anyway. It's so weird. Like the the dichotomy between those two thoughts is the weirdest thing in the world to me. Let me actually I'll answer your question. Okay. I'll say what I think is what I think is wrong with it. This is my honest opinion. What I think is wrong with it is that it is sociopolitical identity above faith. Yeah. That's what I think's wrong with yeah. it. I think that uh it's true that there are there are theological claims embedded within what they would say. It's true that they have that language that they will use and probably if you ask them if they were being honest, they would think that is why they believe it. But I would submit to you that it is not why they believe it, 
and that they believe it because their tribe believes it. Yep. And they their version, like their particular theological branch of the larger sociopolitical right tribe uses that language uh, and other segments of the tribe use other language. Um, and it's just like Trump. It's like, uh, and it's just like, and we can come up with examples on the left as well, where it's like, it's like committed Christians just um, uncritically accepting sex worker language, I would say as well, is like, no, 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 you're, you're just, you're using religious words to talk about a thing that you already on, are on board with for non-religious reasons. And I would like our faith to play a more central role. So that's what I think is wrong with Preach. it. All right. Um, so everyone needs to go to um, You Have Permission uh, on, on their whatever podcast feed they've got. Uh, uh, s- subscribe, obviously. Rate and review. Five stars all the way. Um, and, and listen to... Uh, um, well, listen to all the episodes, but listen to these these three episodes on uh, In Times Anxiety. Um, uh, it, it's it's eye-opening. It's uh, something that I, don't, I haven't thought a whole ton of about in, in my uh, conversion uh, I have not uh, some not something I've really dwelled on, but I know it's it's a huge part of people's stories, and some of the stories yeah. in the podcast are um, uh, are, are super interesting, um, and, and some of them are sad too. Um, but but uh, check it out. Yeah, uh, are we gonna do this uh, Jesus coming as lightning in the clouds round? Uh, yes, lightning. <laughs> the Jesus is riding on a horse. On a white horse. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus riding the lightning round. Okay. Are, are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. Do I need to know anything before we uh, start? No. Or no. We're just, just, is this, okay. just, just have fun with it. Um, if hell is real, is there anyone you'd like to send there? No. Zero people. All right. Uh, Kirk Cameron or Nick Cage? Oh, t- Nick Cage, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> quite, no, I'm not... I mean, I haven't seen either of them. You haven't movies, seen either one? National Treasure, get the no, fuck out of my life. I've seen both of them. Get, I'll take Joe. I'll take Adaptation. I'll take all that over uh, growing growing. Yeah, adaptation is great. Um, uh, Beatles or the Beach Boys? Oh, I have a real opinion on this. I know you do. I'm Beach Boys. I'm Beach Boys. I'm Team Beach Boys all the way because the Beatles are a better band, but they had two of the best actually three of the best songwriters of their generation in one band beach boys only had brian and i would say this i would submit to you this when the beach boys are at their best yes they are better than the beatles at their best that's what yeah. i think huh don't at hey don't that was a terrible opinion, that was a loaded actually. question because i knew you were going to back me up on. i'm going to need to back up on that one and rethink that one it's not a terrible opinion what's what's the best beach boys album it's pet yeah, sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's pet sounds. I like pet sounds. Nobody would even. I don't think I anybody like, would. I, I do like Smiley Smile quite a bit. Smiley I'm Smile is that. good. That would be a weird. It would be weird to take it over, wouldn't it? Be nice. Yeah. God only knows. That's true. And all that. You know, that'd be a tough. God only knows. Lightning. Top ten song ever written. It's my favorite. I, all I, I regret. I, I I agree one hundred percent. We have a we have a baby due in in three weeks, and I was just gifted a. Beach Boys Pet Sounds onesie, and it was like nice. I also was given a like a hundred and fifty dollar bottle of scotch, and I I weigh them approximately evenly. Nice. <laughs> gifts. Wait, what's that bottle? I will get almost the same amount of enjoyment from each of those two <laughs> gifts. What's the What's the scotch? 
It is Highland Park 8. Oh, I've had it. Oh, boy, it's good. yeah. It is, yes. it is one of the best. It's Highland Park's hard to beat. It's pretty great. What is your... The 18. If you get oh, your hands on Akintosh and Three Wood, do that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What is your beverage of choice? I'm a, I'm a peaty scotch guy, smoky scotch okay, guy. Nice. That's probably my favorite. And action. then, yeah, and then and then as like a treat because I never get it because uh, it's very hard to get it. It's like a true British style bitter, hmm. you know, four percent. Yeah. Uh, on you know, uh, on cask. Yep. That's like, that's a treat. Nice. What's the last album you listened to start to finish? Today I listened to the Holy Fawn record. Uh, what is it called? Um, shit. I just listened to it today. Uh, Death Spells. Mm. They're like a shoegazy with a little bit of black metal <laughs> and uh, indie rock in Those it. Are, that's cool. a very descriptive. They're young. Shoegazy with some yeah. black metal. <laughs> well, so so black gaze is like a subgenre of metal. Like Deaf Heaven is the most famous black gaze band, I think, currently. There's but that's like real death metal. Death heaven. Death. death. Yeah, I've death heard of them. Heaven. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they ha- they got like Pitchfork album of the year or something oh. with when their record Sunbather. I think it was like five six years ago. But this band's not like a death metal band. There's a little bit of that vibe. It's more shoegazy. It's really weird and ambient and good. Yeah. What's your? I'm wearing their hoodie I right now that. actually because I saw them. <laughs> they opened up for Thrice. Nice. Yeah. Um, twice yep. or three times? <laughs> uh, sorry. I, wow. I'm, I apologize. I take it all back. No, you don't. Um, uh, what, what is, I hope Jesus comes back before this is over. <laughs> Me too. Um, what is your, what's your favorite movie that you've seen in the last year? So it doesn't have to be, uh, a movie that came out in the last year, but, uh, that you've watched in the last year. Oh, I have this cause I have a, a list. My favorite movie I saw in the last year was... 12 Angry Men. Okay. Ooh. It's from the 50s. Yeah. Oh, it's like I thought it was a documentary about Breitbart. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. It's uh, it's uh, like maybe Gregory Peck. Or yeah. it, it's like really classic. It's, it's, a, it's basically a play done as a film about like a jury uh, deliberating over whether to convict this guy. And there's like one, one guy holding out at the beginning and uh, it, it makes a lot of like all time film lists, but I had never seen it until this last year, and it it just totally floored me. It, it's like it feels so fresh, and it's from like fifty seven. I mean, it's incredible. What is your favorite Star Wars film? Man, I don't really I, like. I don't like them that much. I guess Last Jedi, sort yeah. of, or maybe Empire, but I haven't seen Empire in a long time. Last Jedi is my my Empire. I love it. It's a good movie. Um, do you Which believe one? in the Last multiverse? Jedi or in- Empire? Both of Both. them are great. Yeah. Do you believe in the multiverse? What I'm, I'm more interested in whether or not the multiverse works as a non-theist rebuttal to the Goldilocks enigma, which is, that's like how I have seen it used, and I don't know if it does. Uh, I'm totally open to multiple universes. I think if there are multiple universes, that just makes God even more creative. Um, I don't believe in the one where every possible decision is actualized and splits off into another universe. I don't think I believe that one. But there are other sort of versions, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, I don't know a ton about the no, multiverse. No, no, so that's fine. Uh, could you what, what, briefly? What's the the Goldilocks thing you mentioned? Oh, just that like like the fine tuning of all the constants in, in physics, ah. such that you can have a universe where life could develop and become conscious, is like it, it's just astronomically unlikely. It's like I heard an astrophysicist. Well, I interviewed him, David Wilkinson. It hasn't come out yet, but he said, if you have a one by one inch square of cloth and you have a bow and arrow and you're trying to hit that one inch square with your arrow from one side of the universe to the other side of the universe, that's how likely it is. Okay. Uh, what's the best sitcom theme song? Oh, man. That's a great question. Freaks and Geeks. Ooh. Damn, my reputation. Didn't see that. I am fucking. I'm so proud of being able to recall that one. (laughs) I feel. I feel the good because if you said friends, if you said friends, we were going to end this shit and not release it. Well, we're going (laughs) to. I am my. I was just at my proudest moment in thinking of freaks and geeks in this hour and twenty minutes. (laughs) It wasn't the chicken stuff. That was proudest. Where can people find you online? Uh, I am sometimes on Twitter at Dan Koch, K-O-C-H, uh, but mostly it's I just do the you have permission stuff. If I'm online, I'm responding to people in the Facebook group pretty much. So Facebook group. Sorry about that paywall, yeah. uh, but it is it's better. It's worth it. Also, we, we have a sliding scale. I, I'm, I guess I could mention that we have a sliding scale for patronage. If you really can't afford it, uh, you can email me and ask about that. Yep. Awesome. Uh, what's your website? Uh, you have permissionpod.com. All right. Sweet. So we will uh, we'll have that link in our show notes. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about weird shit with us. I This was really fun. I would be happy to come on anytime you have. Yeah, man. This is great. Now that we puked in your seat. Can tell us what you think <laughs> with your balls in soy sauce. The four stars get red. Your balls in soy sauce. Why do you smell like soy sauce? <laughs> Feedback. I'm fucking beyond. Hey, what's the what's the five star? Five star. Five star. We have a five star. It's called another lib bites the dust. No wait. Read it. Another lib is another lib bite is dust. Another lib is the title is dust? by Hot Diggity Dog. Another lib. Great theme songs, much better than Veggie Tales. Michael ha- Michael has nice laugh. <laughs> so sad to hear the boys have become communists now. Much love from Mother Russia. This fuck? feels like a Dan Summers. I thing. need a goat. I'm sure this podcast will appeal. Spelled A and then P E E L. To young folks who like foul F O W L language <laughs> and are triggered by Trump, all caps. Trigger. But not exactly the apologetics I was hoping to find. Oh, uh, like the Sad. band. Was it spelled like the band? Yeah. Thank God for that. I'm rating five stars so you guys will read this since you turned blind eye to criticism. But for constructive criticism, try going back to your old microphone so I don't have to hear the heresy so clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Before you tell me to stop listening. My phone broke, and this is the only thing that will play it when I plug in my phone to my Audi. Don't, t- don't call me OK Boomer, though. The best by man, best by man who fixes all my problems even said there was no hope for me. Anyways, have a blessed day and call your mom sometime. Not okay. Michael, though. 
He should just text me, please, and thank you. Remember, <laughs> drunkenness is a sin. P.S. Okay, my honest boomer. rating is probably 3.3. It's a holy number, and you need more holiness. <laughs> Less cussing and heresy, and maybe you'll get a four from me. Fuck Who knows? you. P.S. P.P.S. Check out Franklin Graham sometime. He could really brighten up your radio show, too. Fuck you. I don't <laughs> That that feels like a Dan Summers really, joint. Really, does. no, it's not Dan Summers. He's not that clever. <clears throat> I don't know who Hot Diggy Dog is, but like that's love yeah. you, Dan. Anyway, I guess thanks for the five star. Whatever. whatever. Who cares? All right. Yeah. Fuck uh, you. Fuck your mom too. <laughs> um, and your dad. Coming from the guy who dipped his balls in oranges. <laughs> your mom will like it later. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> tastes, tastes like stop. Steak. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop. 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 Prime beef. Get a marinade. Roast beef. Good God. I smell like a fucking egg roll right now. (laughs) And I want to die. Reuben Hood at Reuben Hood. At Bastard's Podcast, Leviathan inside him was my favorite Alice in Chains song. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag like tapioca, but gag ear. Hi, Ruben. Jordan McKay you. at Jordan Mick underscore K95. Pastards, Twitter is bullshit. It won't be here, it, here in 100 years. It doesn't matter. Also, Pastards, Ken Jennings is a good follow on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a fair criticism. Hashtag <laughs> like tapioca, but gag ear. Hashtag what can I say except you're welcome. But that guy. Come see uh, um, They told t- me. Uh, T O dot at Knowles underscore TK. Last two questions on a porno application. One, do you know sign language? Two, <laughs> what smells like bleach butt? Hashtag tastes like tapioca, but gag ear. And soy sauce. <laughs> David Sluss at Dave the Explorer. Thought of a possible sponsor for Pastor's Podcast after listening to either Epitode 195 or 196. Is it soy sauce? Hashtag cue the jingle. Uh, ask any lizard you happen to see what's the best chicken, chicken of the trees. Hashtag <laughs> like tapioca, but gag ear. <laughs> and I think that's it. Giggity, yeah, that's giggity. It. All right. All right. Michael, have you sent your shit yet? No, I haven't. Brad, Brad I've been recording a podcast this whole so goddamn have I, time. But I've put everything I know, but I had to edit. Number one, I can still smell the Worcestershire. <laughs> Number two, I had to like. We are nothing drag if not thorough for things. We are nothing if not thorough for science. Do you want me to pause the podcast so I can send it to you, or do you want to just keep trudging through? <laughs> All right, here, here I'm going to send him to Brad real quick. Hold on. All right, Michael. Turn it off. Michael. Jesus. Michael. What? Can try it? I haven't even got it pulled up. I don't care. Can we just end this shit, please? Hold on. I'm going to send you my my news feed so you can have something to do. How many did you have? Trace. Oh, God. <laughs> no, stop. Why? <laughs> Shirtless slider. <laughs> That's my sea lion. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Michael. What? God damn it. Michael. Hi, friends. Guys, we've had it's a lot of whiskey week, tonight. I don't know if you can tell. Has a deep thought. Soy <laughs> sauce on our nuts. No, no. Two well, thirds of us that have had it. that on our nuts. Don't, don't fucking take the high road. Yeah. Like, when fuck it, you. No, no. I'm gonna take the high road on no, this. I've never dipped my balls in sauce. Yeah, because you have a pussy. Because you won't do it. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Well, backup noise dot Well, okay. Just kidding. Well. There, there are plenty of people that would put it on their vagina. <laughs> I've seen the goop articles. Great save, Michael. God. Jesus fucking Christ. Will you fucking push the button and end this goddamn thing? Well, we paid close attention. Love like your pussy. Michael. Stop talking. Uh, Hashtag like blowing on elephant dick. <laughs> Hashtag skunk palate. Hashtag just kicking a dead dog down the street. <laughs> Hashtag bloody papist. Hashtag senorita is Japanese, right? <laughs> Hashtag plowing the manga. <laughs> Hashtag Eminem had a punk band. Hashtag Rose from the Dead like a boss. Hashtag I was an atheist until Reliant K. Hashtag now we've been building up to it. Hashtag I smell like a fucking egg roll. would <laughs> <laughs> be a great uh, Halloween costume, egg roll. <laughs> With... T- Two bits of pork dipped in soy Why sauce. Why aren't there the more cartoons that are egg rolls? I'd watch that. God, God, Brad, what do you have? Uh, That's all you got? Yeah. I don't have a ton either. Um, hashtag, well, I guess I do have a lot. I don't know how that happened. Uh, hashtag master at blowing stuff. <laughs> hashtag skunk palette. Hashtag bloody papist. Hashtag you had meat. You had me at beef tips. Hashtag <laughs> sake and squid ink. <clears throat> that's good. Hashtag a lot of Moana songs in this. I don't know what that's. A. <laughs> Hashtag licking those toads. <laughs> Hashtag not not what you want to be doing with your dick. Hashtag rapture bay of pigs. <laughs> that's really fucking good. Hashtag the McDonald's of podcasts. Hashtag I don't think that was on the podcast Yeah it was Hashtag (laughs) Aggraded criminal damage (laughs) Aggraded You said aggraded instead of aggravated Aggraded (laughs) criminal damage Hashtag penis manifesto Matt Matt, I'm fine I'm fine I can't talk but I'm fine (laughs) Hashtag it was Nwanda Right now, Matt looks like a guy who is high in a college yeah. dorm room. Mm, yeah. Hashtag my balls smell like soy sauce. Hashtag my penis hands. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag road tripping German woman. And then hashtag bearded local guy. Oh, shit. 
I've got has, ha- hashtag uh, mas- master at blowing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. Ad- <laughs> <laughs> hashtag adult chicky nugs. Master at blowing stuff. I think that's the winner, right? <laughs> ha- hashtag <laughs> black hole rainbow. <laughs> it's a it's a list. It's the B side to Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Hashtag scrambled bacon. <laughs> Black hole All right, I got hashtag. I'd like to buy a goat. <laughs> hashtag penis man manifesto, or hashtag penis manifesto. Uh, hashtag Viva la penis man. Hashtag Robert Williams. <laughs> uh, hashtag I dip my nuts in soy sauce. Hashtag fucking chickens. Oh, fucking I chickens. really like I smell like an egg roll. And hash, hashtag, hashtag man based. I smell like an egg roll. Either that or it was new Wanda. <laughs> I don't know, man. I smell like an air girl's pretty. That's pretty solid. I loved that movie years ago. It's such a ham-fisted movie. Well, fucking anything Rob believes in was ham-fisted. You saw Patch Adams, which is just Dead, Dead Poet Society 2, right? What would your superhero name be? It's Dead Poet Society with a fucking red clown nose. What? What would your superhero man, man name be? Egg Roll Man? <laughs> Okay, I think it's Worcestershire, sir. I, smell, I like. I smell like an egg roll. I smell like an egg roll. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. All yeah. Right. So did you dump dunk your nuts in that bowl? Well, yeah. What are you supposed to do? I I dub, dumped some of it in my the palm of my hand <laughs> and cradled my nutsack with it. Because I didn't want to. I didn't want to put my penis fingers on the bowl. I'm I'm gonna have to fucking like. Dude, I didn't want to. I didn't want to touch the bowl with my peen. <laughs> now my hand smells like Worcestershire. Smells good. Well, well. <laughs> you might know where we landed on the hashtag. I forget. Uh, I smell like dim sum. I smell like. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good too. Let's do that. What's how you spell dim sum? D I M S U M. Is that one word or two? Yeah, oh, it's God. one word. I well, it's like, a hashtag. Well, yeah. so one. I smell like dim sum. Dear God, make me a bird <laughs> so I can fly far. Oh, I, smell like, I smell like dim sum. That's it. Excuse me. I have the cream of some young guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, in the fucking podcast. It is 9.30, and they've been at this since 6 o'clock. And then get Forest AIDS. <laughs> oh, hold on, sorry. Oh, poor, poor Forest. If, oh, wait, is that the... Okay. Yeah, if if you if you like this, throw us a buck. I mean, it's not cheap. If this... We sacrificed our nuts for this. I mean, two-thirds of the podcast were um, secure enough in our um, humanity... To sacrifice our nuts for the call for your good. It's all about science, guys. You can at least throw us a bone for a dollar. Humanity might be a stretch. We we have to we need we need to buy best some more soy sauce. Yeah, we we I'm out of soy sauce now. The next time she wants an egg roll, 
I don't know what she's gonna do. I wonder if we should. Should we try duck sauce next week? You fucking unplug your microphone. You. God damn it. We still have 35 seconds. You're not even gonna be on it, Brad. We need to talk about your commitment level to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Japanese balls and soy sauce. Not enough commitment, clearly. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Somebody God. fucking kill me. Oh. Fuck and kill you or fuck fucking kill well, you? Well, one before the other, preferably, but whatever. How long is this podcast? Yeah, forever. Oh, my God. We started early, too. Fuck me. Yeah.